Baker Woods here 20. This here's the podcast crew. We're hauling up at 901, about to hit the airwaves. Ready for cocktails? Cool characters. And the explosive relationships. You'll only find in cocktail. Well, rhythm. Your blenders. Or an earful of cocktail. The world's most popular cocktail podcast. That's where you want cinema cocktails. Hope I'm much like. That is, if you're not some no good yuppie. Breaker, breaker, good buddy. Expect in-depth analysis, breaking news about the cast and crew, a little barman poetry, and we'll even have a few of Coglin's laws. Coglin's law: never show surprise, never lose your cool. I'm Mike. Hello. Hello, welcome. This is a earful of cocktail. The welcome. The world's most popular cocktail podcast. We are live on KZSU2. Uh, we are hearing... Uh, how do you like this new sound bed I, I queued up? Uh, you know what I think is better? I can't imagine anything's better. <laughs> Yeah, just don't touch this. Don't touch that. There we go. Okay. This I, is what I think is better. Ideally, you wouldn't touch that. This is fucking the wrong speed, but it's great. <laughs> This is very good. <laughs> very good. I don't think this can be a... I can't hear my own voice now. All right. It's a okay. great sound bed. Great. Um, we, we've found... We've, we've discovered the um, the cocktail soundtrack on vinyl, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> it's, she wouldn't be able to screw it up this easily. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I touched that. All right. We're good. <laughs> Maybe you should stay away from this entire area. I can't hear my voice. I fixed it. No, you did the We're fine now. Of fixing it. We're good now. I fixed it. Oh no. Oh no. Okay, let's go to Busy Bachelor. Sure. Oh god. <laughs> okay, now watch this over there. That's way too hot. Oh, I gotta watch that, not that. Yes. Oh, that's what you meant by be careful. Yeah, that's I is it's very confusing. So lots of so news. I will offer for the <laughs> third or fourth consecutive year of I can do I can do the console work if, <laughs> if you feel uncomfortable. No, I'm great at the console. Okay. So um, we are the, an earful of cocktail. Yes, uh, we uh, we bring you cocktail to your podcast. Uh, we give you updates on the 1988 movie Cocktail, and we are the most popular cocktail podcast. And today is a special online-only episode. Well, it'll be played on, on online later, on, on 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 real ears later. On real ears, real ears, ears, ears of the radio, ears of the radio. Um, we are broadcasting on KZSU two right now. It's because there's a volleyball game happening on KZSU. But if you're listening on the podcast, you don't care about any of that. Um, all you care about is that uh, we are earful of cocktail, and this is the fourth five minutes. 
This is the fifth five minutes. Also, I fifth think... Fifth five minutes? Yeah, double five. Five squared. Did I do the wrong one here? <laughs> nope, I got the right one. Fifth. Good. Fifth uh, five minutes. I mean, I think you do care because it does show you the vintage. I think people people obviously care about this. Sure. I mean, you, you got to know where the meat's made. You don't just say, hey, look at this fresh pile of bread. You want to know, you know, who baked it and why and when. What are you trying to do? Trying to trying to check the KZSU2 stats, but you know what? Well, We're just not going to do that. It's good. <sighs> I, I think... Uh, all right. It just, we'll it, assume there are thousands of people listening. I presume there's some Aesop's fable that tells you that vanity is is one's the sincerest undoing. form of flattery. Yes. Okay. Man. We got lots of stuff today. Um, we've got the cocktail soundtrack on vinyl. <laughs> just keeps going in the background there. It's rolling. Um, we've got uh, five minutes of cocktail to digest. Yes. Dissect and digest. Also, because people are interested, we are currently on KZSU 2. There's a volleyball game in KZSU 1. When it I ends, just said all this. When it ends, mm. we need to switch over to KZSU 1. Oh, so we might go on the air. Yes, because we have the air for two hours, but the volleyball game may end early. That's stressful. So you get to keep checking the volleyball game. Uh, no, that's why we have extra uh, uh, manual help here today. I see. Yes. Okay, great. Volleyball experts. All right, we we brought in our resident volleyball expert, um, yeah. who is also going to help with with fresh eyes. Um, everyone's least favorite segment. Where <laughs> does anyone enjoy that other than the people on it? No, no <laughs> one likes with fresh eyes. But you know what? We're going to do it anyway, and uh, we're going to have uh, our guest uh, try to explain what is happening in the movie Cocktail, even though he has never seen it before. Well, that's the idea. So. We will be doing that. We will be dissecting the fifth five minutes of cocktail. Are we doing anything else? Uh, okay, so we play our famous we'll, theme song. We'll be inventing a cocktail theme song. Uh, this is corrections. This is corrections. Uh, what do we have to correct? Uh, I got I got a correction report. Do you ever get corrections reports? Go All on. the time. Well, okay. Only well, from you. Okay. Well, I. What's I, your correction I, report? Uh, in the last episode, we referred to uh, Martha's Vineyard. Well, we referred to Marblehead, Massachusetts. Yes. As a city. Yes. It is not a city. Ooh. It is a town. A township. No. Just a, a town. town. Okay. Yes, the New England town, generally referred to as a town. In the uh, state of New England, in, in, in New England. A township? Itself. Nope, not a township. Oh, just a town. Uh, well, most places, cities are cities, and towns are towns, and uh, I mean, just call a town a small city. It's actually different in, in New England. They actually have, like, it's actual difference. Cool. So, we screwed up. Me- That's uh, too bad for us. Um, yeah. But, uh, and you know what else we uh, screwed up last time? What? Tom Cruise does not appear to be dead. 
I don't. I mean, by the time I'm not sure about that. Are you? I didn't. I have you not checked recently? I haven't checked the news. Okay, breaking news. Has he been? Has he been confirmed alive? Tom Cruise might be dead. Has he been confirmed alive? He's not been. I have not recently seen Tom Cruise alive. Last time I seen him alive was in the Mummy trailer, and that was like a year ago. And he and he was a mummy. <laughs> and he was a mummy. <laughs> Very dead. Yeah. So oh, we'll, we'll we'll check that. I think we. I don't want to. I don't want to jump to conclusions. Okay. Let's not. But I'm just saying we probably got that wrong last episode when we I, declared Tom. What Cruise I hate about modern journalism is mm. chasing over you know leads that might be erroneous. Mm. Also, gotcha journalism, mm-hmm. and I'd like to avoid that here on the show. Okay. <laughs> Okay, welcome back. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's go. Let's go back here. So, good. Co- I said, I said, you know what? I'm going to take a risk. Good compromise on a. Here is a. Here is a uh, track we can all agree to. So let's take down your sound bed. <laughs> I said I'm going to take a risk on this one we don't play yeah. often. So take that down for a sec. Here's the sound <laughs> we can all agree on. Does this sound nice? That's pretty nice. Are there going to be loons? Oh, no. See, I told you. No, 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 no. See, well, we're here right now. No, 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 no. Isn't this nice, though? No, just ch- check out this check out this audio product. I got this at a thrift store last week. Classic Loon 2 from North Sound. Yes, it's... it's. We're hearing Vivaldi's Winter of the Four Seasons, okay, let's but get, now with loons. Okay, we're going to try one more time here. <laughs> no! You could prepare. <laughs> Here. <laughs> I think the other bad one. There's not that many bad ones. That's you, one of them. You could take out the ones you don't like and put a note saying "Don't play." Uh, it's part of the magic is accidentally playing maniac okay, well, pursuit. Well, let's 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 All right, go. Here we go. Ready? Studies. Three, two, one. Oh, much better. Okay, we're in good shape now. And we only wasted like three Ooh. minutes of audio. Okay, time. good. Yeah. Great. Welcome to an earful of cocktail. Should we? So we can't do spoiler alert because we're gonna be. No, no, we, we can't. got fresh eyes. We have first. to. We have to do. Okay. But yeah, the cans go off. The cans go off. Okay, so cans off. No cans. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, our guest is gonna hang on, hang tight for just a moment while we do spoiler alert, and then once we are done with spoiler alert, we will go back to our guest. Uh, and, yes. Um, well, without further ado, spoiler alert is where we. Uh, we uh, uh, spoil the five ep- uh, five minutes. Five up. Uh, it's it's actually it's a, you you will get before we start analyzing. You will get two passes of this today because you'll first get us spoiling it, and then you'll get someone watching it the first time. So there's two different ways you spoil it. One more of in a holistic sense, combining the rest of the movie. One is more of a uh, a, a real uh, I guess I guess you could call it tunnel vision, as it were. Uh, but without further ado, here is here's what happens in these five minutes brought to us by our resident spoiler. This is Who Let the Spoilers Out. Good catch. <laughs> Just hold on.
Okay, welcome to Who Let the Spoilers mm-hmm. Out. Um, let's go through it. Okay, uh, in this five minutes, Brian Flanagan is finding it difficult balancing between the two daily tasks, getting into an argument with his lecturer. He is lecturer, 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 lecturer. He is given an F grade mm. for the assignment. Hate those F grades. I believe he's actually given for the class, not just the assignment. Yeah, that seems to be the the implication of the, what the professor says. Yes. Uh, returning to the bar. Brian Flanagan is a changed attitude, is of a changed attitude, and view of the college education, thinking he may be too old for education. Seeing he is demoralized, Doug offers him insight on how to be successful working as a bartender, referring to a bartender as the aristocrat of the working class. Mm, that's true. Yes, I mean, are you saying it's true he says that, or it's true? both, but we'll talk about that more in more depth later. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Both Douglas and Flanagan walked out of the bar drunk and walked the streets as a platform for his first training on how to get money. Early morning at their residence, arguing what to have for breakfast, Douglas comes up with an idea for his diet's name. Cocktails and dreams. His diet's... Oh, his diet. <laughs> that's what happens. That is, he does say that's Coughlin's diet, yes. And I, I, I believe that's where you end here today. Okay. Well, that wow, that was a that was a breezy summary. Well, it's a breezy five where, minutes. Where did the rest of the words go for this summary? Well, they I guess later I in the page. We're going to get to the end of this document. We're going to realize it's just the same thing repeated for like ten times it's, once we get close to the end. Oh man, that's the classic gambit. Classic uh, college essay gambit, which <laughs> uh, is almost certainly been employed by whoever wrote this for us. All right, well, that has been Who Let the Spoilers Out. That's such a good, such a good track. Love that track. Love that memory. Yes. Okay, now... Okay, welcome uh, back. Now I believe it is time to bring in our special guest. I got it right this time. Special guest. Hello. Hello. Welcome to An Earful of Cocktail. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure, gladly. Uh, my name is Trevor Adamo. Uh, what self promotion is a thing I need to avoid, right? You can explain who you are. Yeah. Okay. Facts are fine. Facts are fine. Okay. Facts so, are good. Self promotion. Are, are you talking about the FCC right here? I have. We're actually we're streaming online only, so you can actually oh. say whatever you want. Well, great. Yeah. We will air this later. So yeah. please, uh, <laughs> so please don't mention prices. No calls to action. You did censor great. out the swear word in today's. I did. Okay. I did. Good. All right. We're good. Oh, oh, wow. If I spend yeah. the time filtering the swear word, please filter out your own uh, commercial calls to action. Can do. So uh, let's just say I. I've, I've written things that are available for purchase no, in you, places. You, you can br- I mean, you can say what you, you wrote. Can say what you wrote. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm the author of a comic called Viewbox. Let's let's say that. Okay. Right? Yeah. And then if people are interested by that name, they can go. Viewbox explore. can be purchased. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. There are places that sell Viewbox, Viewbox the yes. comic. Yes. yes. Excellent. For, for prices. For more information on Viewbox, you can consult. Uh, Comixology is probably the most optimal way to okay. uh, search for that product. Okay. Okay. Good. That's uh, very informational. It, extremely informational. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, welcome, Trevor, Yeah. to An Earful of Cocktail. You have not seen the movie Cocktail. Uh, I have not seen the movie Cocktail. Are either of you familiar with the concept of a red team in journalism? A red team. A red team. A red team. Yeah. Like, like the like a red shirt. I was, I was uh, wondering the same thing. Not quite. Okay. Not quite. Mm. So a a red team in journalism is a group that is uh, designated to remain intentionally ignorant of a major story. Hmm. So okay. the idea behind that is that they come in with fresh eyes. 
Oh. And then they look at the story with fresh eyes. Okay. Uh, and so I have done that myself. So kind of uh, like jurors in a big case. They have to, like, stay away from knowing what goes on. Perfect. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I've done that myself. I, I, I have intentionally avoided all information about cocktail that I possibly can. Have you, did you watch the? Did you watch Convoy at any point? I have not seen Convoy. Oh, you need to watch Convoy. Okay, because now there's no reason to stay on in the red <laughs> team because it, there's no more with fresh eyes on that. There's, everything's over. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I have not seen Convoy, um, and uh, and I have avoided any information at all about cocktail. Uh, do Do you watch movies? I absolutely do watch movies. Oh. Love movies. Okay. Uh, well, what, what uh, to give you an idea of what kind of movie watcher you are? Uh, name the what were the last two movies you watched? Uh, last two movies I watched were uh, uh, Blade Runner, um, the original, uh, both the original and the current release of twenty forty nine. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, so, so those are the last two movies. Uh, are you counting? Yeah. Are you counting those two as one movie because you watch them simultaneously? <laughs> let's let's count them. Let's count them as the same movie. Okay. I, um, I don't think that I don't applies. Think that, but okay, <laughs> that's okay. probably not how it works. Okay, um, that's probably not how Ridley Scott would like it to work. Um, he probably views those as two or, different or, movies. Or Dennis Dulanev or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. They probably view that as two separate movies. I, I think I, th- I think they probably would both agree on that. Yeah. I think it it it, it probably does not flatter their egos to say they did half a movie each. <laughs> yeah. That's probably not good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so those those are uh, those are uh, two halves of one movie, and what's what's another movie you watched recently? Just give an idea of, I guess, not only what kind of movies you watch, but also when you watch this, uh-huh. you're you're obviously going to be comparing it to those movies. That's probably true. You know, no one no one can really be objective. That's one thing journalism teaches you. Right. Yeah, yes, yeah. I agree. I absolutely agree. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so what kind of biases are you bringing here today? Uh-huh. In other words, what did you last see? Uh, Coco. Coco. Yeah. Uh, do you hear the big news in Coco today? No, absolutely uh, not. They're going to stop showing the Frozen short before Coco because people hate it. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, um, wow. That's big news. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm not seeing it yet, and I'm happy because if I see it now, I won't have to watch the Frozen short. <laughs> that's exciting. Yes. I, I, I'm, I'm almost afraid to admit it, but I kind of liked that short, to be honest. Oh. Yeah. Well, you can lead a protest. We're going to cut your mic now. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay, so uh, there's been a laptop transfer. Yep. Yeah. Right you here. have a laptop in front of you, so what you're going to do is we're going to do what's called the sync, okay. which is that we're going to start playing this five minutes of a cocktail, and it is set to loop on that laptop and this laptop, and everybody at home's laptop, hopefully. Good. And so you're going to press the space bar at the same time as we count down. It goes three, two, one, and then and then you hit it, although okay. we count down twice. We count down three, two, one, which is fake, and then we do a real countdown, three, two, one, and then go. Can I, can I just hand, say? Real right fake, hand. Yeah, left hand means fake, re- right hand means real. Yeah. Can I just say I love the production value here? You guys are real professional about all this. Good. Well, yes. You build yeah. up a protocol over time that yeah. it, 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 if it works, you keep it. If it doesn't work, you you you, you throw it away. And everything we've ever tried worked, so we keep everything. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so you, those of you at home, please grab your copy of cocktail, split it into five minute chunks, take the fifth five minute chunk, loop it. Lock it, yeah. Dot it, get ready, and we you're and you're gonna sync just with us. Sit back and enjoy. Sit back, enjoy, relax. Yeah. Okay. Are so we ready? Three, two, one. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. Three, two, two one. one. Go. No, no. No. Three, oh, that was fake. I, I, I have my right hand. You have your left hand. Well, you're not following the okay. protocol. Oh, okay. Okay. Three, three two, two, one. Three, two, one. Go. Ronnie Lemaster. Yes. Okay, now describe now please describe what you're seeing and what you think is happening. Okay, we're in a classroom. The teacher appears to be 
uh, uh, he appears to be throwing documents at the classmates. Tom Cruise is a very convincing student. Convincing what way? Uh, he he looks very young. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Although I am noticing there's a lot of older people in this classroom, so I'm. I'm I just said it wasn't worth getting upset about. What's your name? I'm adjusting my interpretation. I, I thought we were in. I thought we were in high school. I'm thinking now we're in a community college. Brian Flanagan. Oh yes, Flanagan, Mr. Flanagan, Mr. Brian Flanagan. Let us see. Yes, Mr. Flanagan is determined to revolutionize the bar business. Please extrapolate. He's he's revolutionizing the bar business. Uh, please extrapolate on who you think people are, how they're connected, and other ways too. Okay, extrapolation is welcome. All right. Okay, so he appears to be attending this class. Um, I believe he's. He wants to revolutionize the way bars are done, which is uh, that's fascinating to me. I'm very curious how. Not from a guy who hides here because he can't hack it in the real world. Wow. That's that's a condemnation of pretty much the entire academic well career of anyone's pursuits. That's, that's harsh. Wow. Very unprofessional teaching. One of those professors says makes a difference on the street. If you know that, you're ready to graduate. Okay, we're back in the bar. That was a very abrupt cut. Maybe I'm just too old to be a student. Oh, Christ. I've got to find something, something to do. Who do you think these people are? Okay, all right. So Tom Cruise, no better way to make it than behind who, whose name is Ryan Flanagan? Close. That ex- close? All right, let's go with that. Um, he owns this bar. Sure. Oh, okay. Yes. Good. That's, that's what I'm thinking. But how was a bartender? He wants to do something different with this bar. It's very dramatic. It's exciting. Uh, Who's this other guy? This other guy, I believe, is his best friend. <laughs> Good. Keep yeah. going. That's that's what I'm thinking. Um, and you know, he's here to offer him moral moral support and encouragement towards uh, everything that he's he's looking to do here. What is he looking to do? Uh, you know, I'm I'm still a little unclear on what it is he exactly wants to do to revolutionize the bar business. Um, so, so now my, my mind is going to the title of the movie, which is called Cocktail. Okay, we're somewhere else now. They're a little drunk. They're a wee bit drunk. Interesting. They're singing some songs here. I think they're singing one song. They're singing one song. Okay. <laughs> so this this makes me feel like I was accurate in my summation that they're they're friends, close friends. Is this what you do with your friends? Uh, have have done. Haven't done lately, but have have done in the past. Although I personally am not typically drunk, but I've I've had walks home very similar to this. Come on. Okay, I don't blow smoke in the faces of my friends. I don't do that. That's a little that's a little cold. Oh my god. What has happened? Wow, he so <laughs> they were walking and he he appears to have tumbled down the stairs to uh to a subway station. He seems to be okay. He's standing. He's coming up the stairs. 
So I guess they weren't actually going to that subway. I, I thought maybe they were going to go down there and get on, maybe, but no, I guess that was an accident. Oh, no, no, they're actually going down. Uh, now we're in someone's kitchen. That was very abrupt cuts here. Breakfast, you've got to be joking. Okay. We're making breakfast, which appears to be a sliced pizza. Coglin's diet. Cocktails and dreams. Okay, cocktails and drinks. There's just the name of the movie again, so I feel like this is important. Oh. Think smart, move fast. Okay. So now I'm thinking he doesn't own the bar. I thought maybe he owned the bar. Now I'm thinking maybe they work there? And he wants to open his own bar and create his own drinks. I mean, that's why you came to New York. That sure as hell why I left Queens. Positive. Positive thinking. Okay. okay. Whoa, and that's the last five minutes. Okay. Yes. It really so, raced by. So, yeah. Well, please describe the entire plot of the movie Cocktail. Okay. All right. Be- beginning, middle, end. Beginning, right. middle, and end. So having having not seen the first four five minute segments yet, or the last, or the many last many five minute five segments, segments yet, um, what I can surmise so far is I believe I believe Tom Cruise's character Ryan Flanagan. Interesting. Okay. I believe that he. Uh, is working as a bartender and has a revolutionary idea to create cocktails for the first time. So what does he want? In history. He he wants to open his own bar uh, and, and mix his own drinks, his own unique drinks that no one's ever seen before. He's going to reinvent cocktails as we know them um, and open this new bar. Does he immediately succeed, or does he face challenges? No, so right now he is. we are witnessing, in this five minutes, the challenges that he is facing. Uh, the first coming from, he wants, in order to pr- improve his chances of this succeeding, he is attending a class uh, on, on how to run a business, I assume, some sort of business management class of some kind. Uh, and the teacher appears to be very critical of um, what he's trying to do. Uh, it's pretty cold, honestly. This is not, it's not good teaching, Um very discouraging. Uh, so then our, our the last half of our five minutes, we'll say, is him discussing with his friend, who he'd like to go into business with in this bar, um, how they're going to go about it, uh, and struggling um, to, to convince him, it would seem, that they're ready for it. So, so okay, so you, f- you feel like these five minutes basically constitute the middle of the movie, in the way you describe it. Yeah. How does it end? How does it end? I, well, I'm going to hope that he succeeds in opening up his bar. Um, you know, I, I, when I think about a movie, you know, I'm often thinking about what themes are at play. Very um, good. We love themes. Mm, yeah. yeah. We talk about themes all the time. We're theme right. nuts here. Yeah. Oh, good. Theme okay. heads. Excellent. All right. So, you know, when I think about a movie like Cocktail, I think there's a real opportunity here. You know, a cocktail, right, is a mix of many kinds of drinks. Mm. Um, and when I see a scene like this where he's hanging out with his friend, I think that this movie has a real good chance here to parallel how a cocktail of drinks is similar to how we are cocktails of people. Um, you know, we are mixes of the people we've met along the way, mm. you know, um, and how, how each of us is sort of a cocktail and, and the mixed drinks that go into us are the people that we know in our lives. Um, this sounds very likely. This, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I, I, uh, I, I think even if that is not it turns out, it sounds like you have a good basis for, for your own screenplay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, could be. Um, but you know, I after watching these five minutes, I'm interested um, in cocktail. Good. Are you going to watch the rest of it now? I. It's very possible, and I may even go back and watch the the twenty minutes that I have missed. Ooh. Ooh. That really shows you're in for the long haul. Right. Yeah. That's um. That's dedication. Yeah. 
Uh, are you going to rewatch these five minutes, or are you going to just f- press fast forward <laughs> it's, and it's see very, real time? It's very possible that I may rewatch these five minutes because I feel like if I am going to do that, it's good to get the full experience, um, and I'll be able to recontextualize that scene after I've seen the others that surround it. And that's 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 what we try to offer here. We try right. to offer context. Yeah. So this yeah. is this has been with fresh eyes. With um, fresh eyes. <laughs> And we're back. So you have your laptop back. Now, come on. I'm not going to make it. I do. And now we, okay, so now uh, Trevor will, uh, a question we ask to him, do do you want your mic to be hot or cold for the rest of the show? Uh, If I would be more than happy to continue participating. Well, you could always tap yourself in. That's the question. Ah. Like, I mean, the thing is, if it's hot, then what if you just suddenly start, you know, you want to start saying things. We're gonna let me put. We're gonna kill your mic. Okay. Oh, executive decision. Yes, and 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 I will cue you or raise your hand. Okay. Yes. That sounds good. All right. Okay. Um, and now okay. we're now we're now in we're the, back. We're now in the analysis, which takes place the rest of the show, where we analyze the show. Analyze the movie. Very good. Just a little hit there. Okay. Um. So. Uh. This is. The fifth five minutes. I took a lot of notes. Um, Probably more than me. I, I I was busy doing a lot of busy kind of technical. As a bachelor, busy. Yeah, that's so, one of our stingers. Yeah, yeah. So um, busy as a bachelor. Um, so uh, you were busy with your pri- previous show. Yeah. So I mean, that show is when it goes well, it's very insightful. When it's not as well, it's just naming movies for a while. I think I think we just named a lot of movies today. For a while. I, I enjoyed the John Ritter discussion. So yeah, that's that's my that's what I'm in it for. Um, okay. So. Um, so, so, parts of this five minutes, we've got the classroom scene, which we don't cut back and forth from like the previous one. Uh, there's, we just get classroom hit and then back to bar. Okay, so to break it up, there this are, one's actually more linear than previous. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hate when you get this kind of like back and forth in time. I just like this. Too confusing. Absolutely. Four, yeah. four scenes uh, and so, several are partials. We get two full scenes, two half scenes. Mm-hmm. Um and should we should we break up each one of these scenes and talk about it and then talk about kind of bigger bigger themes that come in these scenes? Um, yes. So scene number one, sure. We've got classroom. Scene number two, we've got at the bar with with um uh Kovlin giving advice. Coughlin, Coughlin. Giving advice to Flanagan. Sure, I'd like to. Uh, I, I'd like to talk about that at some point. Okay. Then we have third them drunk wandering around. Are they wandering? Wa- they're wandering. Are they wandering though? Oh yeah, they're I wanderers. Mean, we see them going uh, down a sidewalk and uh, and into exit. a subway station. Yeah. I, yeah. Which that's wandering. Okay, I'm not sure that's what they're well, wandering how, into a subway station. How do you find wandering? Uh, when you're moving at a leisurely pace. I would say when you don't know your destination. To me, that's hard to find. No, wandering. I would say that's meandering. Okay. I'd say. Well, well, what is the opposite of wandering? Wayfaring. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, the opposite of wandering. The opposite of wandering would be charging. That's a good point. You're either you know? charging or you're wandering. Yeah, Wayfarer. You're looking up Wayfarers? I am. I never knew what Wayfarer meant. You know what Wayfarer means? Uh, one who finds ways. One who finds ways. Uh, it is someone who walks on foot. Oh, cool. Which is Does that mean cool. people who drive with Wayfarers on are incredibly uncool? Because they're pedestrians? Well, because they're supposed to be pedestrians. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's from Wayfarer. Way- yeah. So- so way and then fair, just I mean like to fare on a way, 
Interesting. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Okay. And then we've got the concluding scene, which is Flanagan's apartment. Well, we need to discuss. We we never like see an introduction saying, alert, we're now in Flanagan's apartment. You're right. They should have had a title card that says, later at Flanagan's apartment. The next morning. (laughs) Cut to black. Yes. The next morning. Fade from black into... Flanagan's apartment. I mean, would you think if more movies did that, you'd be disappointed? Uh, or do you think you just title cards? Yeah. Uh, yes. Takes, Why? Up, takes up a lot of time. Well, it, could have, it could be superimposed. You don't, you don't have to hit me over the head with it. I get that it's the next morning, and they're now in Flanagan's apartment. One, we had to use a lot of extra, I guess, uh, mental space to figure out it's morning. How do we know? Sure, sure. And, You're and saying movies shouldn't shouldn't force you to use extra mental space. I think movies, every time we're figuring out, wait, is this morning or evening? Where mm. are we? These are times we could be digesting themes. It's kind of like the recent retranslation of The Odyssey. It's absolutely Which said, like cut all the crazy language. Sure. Get to the core of it. Get to the chorus. Get to the chorus. Uh, only And only chorus. Just only chorus lines? Yeah. That's the whole book. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah. Just yeah. The, Does The Odyssey the have a chorus? Uh, no, it, it's not a play. It's it's a. It's does epic. the Odyssey have a chorus? The Odyssey has a chorus. Yes. It has. See, I, I thought it was, I thought those like plays have choruses. It's an epic. No, but the Odyssey also has a chorus. Oh, it's the choruses that are the people in Penelope's house. That right? is correct. Yeah. Yes, and they're like, oh, what a shame! What a shame! All the time, right? There, there is a lot of that in the Odyssey. Yes, yeah. that's accurate. Yeah, that's right. So, hmm. yeah, see, there's a chorus. Thank you, Trevor. Yeah, of course. Um, of course. Of course. <laughs> do you say of course? I said, yeah. I guess I did. You said of course. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> good. It's good to have a resident Odyssey expert. Yeah. Uh, um, chorus news. Yeah. So, do, do you do you follow uh, all new Odyssey news? No, I. Well, yes. Yeah. Rab- just rabidly. Yeah, you have a literary journal. Just, <laughs> just, just. I subscribe to the Odyssey literary literary journal. Yeah. Yes. Odyssey Weekly. Odyssey Weekly. Um, no, I'm just really up. On, I like a new translation of the Odyssey every now and then. Breakfast. You don't um, do you think that pizza's hot when he does that? Well, he does bounce it in his hand. I wrote notes about this. Well, no, no. In the in the movie, it's hot. Do you think when he's filming it, it's in the, hot? In the, fi- in the movie of the film? In the movie of the film. No, do you think Tom Cruise, when he's handling that, do you think he's Is actually... Is he handling hot pizza? Yeah. No. He sells it well, though. Tom Cruise is an actor. Apparently. Yes. I'll say this. That's the first time I was really that impressed with him. Wait, what, what, which scene do we dive into first? first <laughs> Tom Cruise, unimpressive, until the pizza scene. Tom Cruise juggling hot, juggling potentially hot pizza. As far as I know, this is the only time he's ever juggled hot pizza in a movie. <laughs> this is the only time I've ever seen anyone juggle hot pizza. This is this is what I wrote down, which is that is not how you take the hot pizza out of an oven. <laughs> well, let's okay. If we're getting into this, we can get into this further. Okay. What scene do we dive into? We should start with let's the school. Start, let's go in let's go order. Back to yes. school. Okay, back. Okay. We're going back to school. <laughs> It's called Back to School. Great. Doesn't this just evoke going back to school? It does. Okay. You have something to contribute. So, um... I just said it wasn't worth getting upset about. So, Brian Flanagan is in class again. It's this. It's the Marblehead professor. Speak up! Mr. Marblehead. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Martha's Vineyard. Brian Flanagan. Um, and there are three ideas that this professor 
So we, this this scene starts again. Earlier, he had an assignment yes. about to making, make a business plan. Make a business plan. Yes. I, I, do you want me to go over what the business plan was supposed to entail? Sure. Yeah. Let's let's re, uh, let's recap that list. I don't see. have my notes anymore. Uh, I need to go back here. Blah blah blah. You prepare a complete plan for development. You should include capitalization, administrative costs, income prospectus, marketing, cost analysis, blue shirt, fifth row. Wake up. Those, <laughs> are, those are the things you're supposed to include. So uh, this is interesting. Which is, which is that's, that's pretty useful. That's a great assignment. Yes. It's interesting in that all of the criticism <laughs> yes. of the results of that assignment in this five minutes. It's not about capitalization. It's not about any of those things. Not about administrative costs. Nope. It is about the ideas themselves. And in yes. fact, in one case, it is about the person <laughs> yeah. that put forth the idea. So, there, so this is a terrible professor who is awful at teaching. Well, unless he's trying to like actually prove a point somehow. But it seems uh, maybe maybe this will come in handy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but okay, he talks to three students. Okay, three Ryan, Ideas. Ronnie Lamaster, Sheila Rivkin, and Brian Flanagan. Nice. Good yeah. students. Okay. Ronnie's idea is a makeup business for pets. Yeah. That was his... Uh, yes. He's, he's, uh, he hopes to make his fortune, the cosmetics magnate, selling makeup to, for pets. Fetch Ronnie Fetch. Fetch Ronnie Fetch. So, and, he, and he throws it in the classroom... You know, in the general direction is Ronnie, yes. but but not, yeah. which is yeah okay. So so and this is the first example of the professor is apparently just doesn't think a cosmetics business for pets would work, which or let's, thinks it's a funny idea. I mean, let's and be, that is enough to discount whatever sure. other whatever else was in this assignment. So, uh, would you invest? This is uh, it's a Shark Tank of sorts in makeup for pets. In makeup for pets. Yeah, like uh, what kind of makeup for what kind of pets? I mean, I you know, you don't uh, lipstick on pigs. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I think uh, like who who would buy makeup this and for why? pets to a degree of certainly there is a market for products to make your pet look good, right? I don't think I mean if you're talking like actually applying mascara to pets, it's like sure. no, that's actually probably animal cruelty. But if you're talking like yeah. You know, uh, here's a here's like this will make your pet's coat you know shine you know really well. That's, that's hair care. This will like that's hair care. Well, it's you know you never say like hair care is makeup. Okay, fine. Then this will make your pet. Um, uh, I mean, they don't have much exposed skin, right? Uh, Let's like have naked mole rats. What about what you know? Um, I just noticed there's a there's a Funko staring down at us from from the. Yeah, there's always Funkos. This is a Funko Pop what are, vinyl what are, staring down at us. Funkos? Let's not talk about them. Okay, good. So, okay, um, we, we, we have... We have, we have oh, we have a... Okay, race. yes, yes. Um, Funkos are a cancer that you have to burn, so you've got to watch that and make sure it doesn't grow. Because they'll, they'll repopulate if you let them be alone long enough. It's really threatening. I think huh. it yeah. might actually be Alexander Hamilton. No, it is It is uh, the butler from uh, Rocky Horror. Really? Yeah. I get him confused with Alexander Hamilton all so the time. Everyone does. Yeah. Everyone does. <laughs> all right. Just, just wanted to issue that warning. You are, may resume. Are, are they like amiibos? <laughs> They're like amiibos, but they don't do anything. They're just figurines. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. just figurines. They're figurines. Yes. Huh. Um, are they? Did they come out this year? No, they've been around for a while. Their, but their only functional purpose is to consume all life on the planet. Mm. Yes. Okay. We, we will eventually all be Funko Pop figurines. The paperclip optimizer in, in Funko form. You know, we really uh, like that. Something like that. Okay. So, what what pet what pet has exposed skin that you can Pigs. Use? 
Sure, yeah. Pigs have coarse hair, and mm-hmm. you can go between that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, lipstick for pigs seems the most plausible. I don't think this is really a great product, but I do agree that it seems... There could be a market for this. There are crazy pet owners out there. I still think you need to show what is, what is the... What, makeup usually means skin, right? Mm. No, no, makeup just means... By the way, here's... Selling makeup for pets. Fetch, Ronnie, fetch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Good boy. Good boy. Good boy. Sure and then he snaps his fingers. Which so, is, yeah. Which is great. I mean, just great, great, good teaching. As far as I, when I have rarely snapped my fingers at dogs, and if it is, it isn't something I, I would say. Dogs are don't don't like fingers being snapped at them. No, no, no. no. But you don't say. Yeah. Fetch, Ronnie. Fetch. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. No. Uh, okay. So, Idea number two. No, but what, no. give me an example. You're, yes. you're going to invest. Okay, fine. You're I'm going to invest. invest. I'm gonna, good well, I'm, hopefully the pitcher would give me an example. Well, he let and then I would knock it out of the park. Administrative costs. Um, yeah. But he didn't really necessarily give all the details as far as Sure. Makeup sure. for pets. I mean, okay. Um, so skin-bearing skin pet. Yeah. We've got... Um, like a chimp. People don't have pet chimps. Uh, Speed Racer's brother does. What about snakes? No skin. Is, well, is that skin or scale skin? They shed their skin. That's a good point. They call it skin. Okay, so yeah. snakes, yeah. Okay, so like maybe like some eyeliner for your snake. Uh, snake scara. Snake scara. Yeah, okay, sounds good. Okay, okay great. Anyway, so makeup for pets, I think it could... It's a bit silly, It's but a yeah. bit silly, but it's not... I mean, if it was presented as a legitimate business plan, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility from being reasonable. It's a good reason to kind of talk about something. In a world where people would buy this, you're just staring at the Funko. You're just yeah. staring like it is. Yeah. Uh, in a world in which this is demand, it's still fun to run by how this is. I think it's still a, it's a good concept for this for this assignment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, idea number two. Yeah. What's her name again? Uh, Sheila Rifkin. Sheila Rifkin, which is a good, good auto-generated name. <laughs> Relax. Well, she, as opposed to every other name in the movie? Sure, yeah. Brian, yeah. Brian Flanagan, Sheila Rifkin. Ronnie LeMaster. Ronnie LeMaster. Um, so Sheila Rifkin, uh, so so he... It's, a, it's his personal favorite. This one's awful, because all he does is criticize this woman for her background, which is that she appears to have been a homemaker for 20 years. Sure. Uh, so so she, he says, after 20 years of burning her husband's food, I think, is that what he says? Yes, which, I mean, do you think he has legitimate reason to believe that she is, like, not handy in the kitchen? Or is he just, like, saying because she cooks, he's just mocking her? Yes, he is mocking—well, he's mocking her for being, you know, a housewife, right? Sure. Yeah. And and basically he's saying there's no chance this housewife is going to get into business, right? That's his main criticism, which feels like it's very much not levied at the content— of her business plan. Well, her plan is to become the, the Donald, Donald Trump, Trump of, of the, the cookie, cookie business. Uh, which, I mean, there's two. I, I, I'd say the, the big problem with this is, is it does not make sense. As a construct, that doesn't make sense necessarily in that Donald Trump was a real estate magnate. Well, I mean, when they say the Donald Trump, at the time, yes. when you say you're the Donald Trump of. Yeah. The circuit 1988, Donald Trump was famous for being enormously rich. And like kind of '80s luxurious, sure. Uh, and I mean, I think he was already building his brand in the mid '80s. He had his Trump Tower, which was known as being a very, you know, uh, I guess 
ostentatious, ambitious, and, ostentatious yeah. and ambitious real estate project. Sure. And it, would, it built up the Trump brand. Sure. So I guess the Donald Trump of cookies is I'm going to be the one who makes the crazy cookies that are branded. I think it just means she's going to make bank. I think that's all he means. I see. Okay. So just it means it means the industry leader of the cookie business. Yes. Okay. Which, which Trump well, never that seems, was. That, that seems perfectly fine. Yes. My, my main qualm is isn't like. How does this deal with, like Famous Amos? Because isn't like isn't Famous Amos the Donald Trump of the cookie business? Yes. That's I wrote down. Um, like Famous Amos is very close to being the Donald Trump of the cookie business, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yes, well, I wrote down how does Donald Trump of cookie business work? Um, sure, I think it means you have a name out there. Yeah, and Sheila Rivkin. Mm. It's like I want a cookie. It's like, mm-hmm. do you want a cookie or a Rivkin cookie? Well, that's that's Mrs. Fields. Yeah, it's true. Or famous Amos. Yeah, so those are those are the Donald Trump's the cookie. Business. Yes, yeah. So Do those both make... exist at, the, at this time? I would think so, right? Uh, famous Amos started making his cookies in 1975. I was right. doing some research on Famous Amos. He actually lost the rights to his own brand. Wow, he had to sell it off, just like uh, the Colonel. Uh, just like the Colonel. Yeah, he was very much the Colonel, but unlike and the, the General. Yeah, yeah. One eight hundred General. Now yeah. they both <laughs> they both lost their uh, their name, uh, and they still have to do ads. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But unlike them, he never like was forced to be part of ads. You know, I think he just kind of said, "Okay, now you're you're famous, Amos, and I'm mm-hmm. just going to go on my own." He lives sure. in Hawaii, so it seems like it seems like he's if you live in Hawaii, you can't be doing that bad. Uh, so well, I'm sure he I'm sure there was money involved. I mean, it sounds like he like he had to sell it because of financial issues. Hmm. So it sounds like he's never really been enormously rich, but I think he's had an interesting life and was able to like speak to people and. You know, he's able to use the Wally Na- Amos name to kind of, you know, mm. I mean, it's 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 not bad. It's a good name. It's a great name. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's my uh, my family name on my mother's side, Amos. Wally. Wally. Yeah, they're all Wallies. Uh, with W A L L dash E. Yeah, with a, yeah. with a dot. With a dot. Unicode dot. Yes. Uh, okay. So, so one thing I want to point out mm-hmm. is it great that this movie about you know cocktail, the movie which is like the most eighties movie, actually managed to include Donald Trump in the movie. That's a nice bit of. That is pretty funny. Because I mean, as far as like you know, just making this really be a profound statement on everything, it's really great that Donald Trump himself, who we talked about extensively in in in, in talking about convoy, convoy, yeah, yeah, I think it's great that Trump makes an actual explicit Onagast appearance here. That's yes. pretty cool. Yeah, his little cameo when he put his head pops. I in love in the, class. the cameo there in the movie. <laughs> yes. uh, okay, and then idea number three. And also this, yeah, of all movies, he would actually show up. This, you know, yeah. it's, like, it's unfortunate oh, yeah. he doesn't oh, there'd be, actually It'd be show like a, one of the Big Apple interview scenes, yes. right, in New York, and it would be like a funny gag that Donald Trump is behind the desk telling would, telling Brian Flanagan, no, you're not going to work here. It would lessen the movie. Yeah. It would, I would actually like the movie less as Oh, sure. Yeah, because it'd be a cheap cameo. Yes, but... But it would have been a... It would have been... That's, a sort, that's an 80s movie joke. Sure. Yeah. But it's more of an early 90s movie joke. Okay, fine. Early 90s movie sure. joke. Sure. But it's great, though. Sure. Uh, ID number three. ID number three. And this this was something he was not actually looks like he was going to go on his great riff and make yeah. fun of a few students. He kind of just did this on the fly. This is on the fly because Brian Flanagan started mouthing off. He told Sheila Rifkin, "Don't worry about it," because she said, "Oh my God, he's talking about me." Yeah, and he's she, like, "He's like, don't, it doesn't don't, matter. Don't this guy's an idiot. Yeah, don't worry about it." Okay, idea number three. Let's say it together. You ready? He says it wasn't worth getting upset about. It isn't. Idea number three. Ready? Three, yes. two, one. 
franchising the, the local, local New York, York tavern, tavern to every shopping mall. Every suburban every shopping, suburban shopping mall. Yes. Uh, so my 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 note. There's a lot of questions that come yes. up here. Yeah, my note for this was: seems like this has already been done. No, I, okay, so one thing I brought up: I watched this movie the first time like two years ago, mm. and I started tweeting about it. And that was my first. That was my oh, immediate first. Oh, are we thought. gonna have that segment where we read your tweets? Well, I think it's good to talk about in a few minutes. Yeah, because uh, it does give us an idea of how this movie is consumed. Sure. Uh, but I did immediately say, like, isn't this what Fridays did? Yeah, TJ Fridays. I mean, which he works in. Yes, which he works in. <laughs> I mean, he works for TJ Fridays. He works for the company that has already done what he wants to do. I mean, TJ Fridays <laughs> it was innovative for being basically a singles bar that was kind of with a corporate backing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was very successful in major cities and then kind of became a suburban staple of, okay, just do this everywhere. Mm-hmm. TJ Fridays, Ruby Tuesdays. Even Applebee's to an extent. They're more yeah, of a, Apple Mondays. Apple Monday, yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't know what that's a reference to. TJ Fridays, Ruby oh, Tuesdays, that's funny. Apple that's, Mondays. That's, I get it. I yeah. Get it. I get it. Yes. Um, would, oh, if there was, is there a restaurant for every day of the week? And can I mean, you do the week where I'm, you go to one every day oh of the week? Oh my God, that'd be incredible. Let's let's look up. I'm gonna look up Monday restaurant. Yeah, I'll look up Wednesday restaurant. Okay. We got because we, we've already got Ruby Ruby to Trevor. Anything to contribute here? Uh, I'm I'm looking up Thursday restaurants. Monday restaurants seems to have just given me restaurants near me. Yeah, the internet's broken. The internet is broken now. TGI Fridays, it brings that up. Pie Society Monday. Um, re- restaurant. I found a restaurant called Thursday Nights. Oh. Okay, good. Okay, we got, we we got, got Thursday. Thursday's on check. Yeah, restaurant chain Mondays. Here's a list of restaurant chains that feature special daily deals on Mondays. Aruga's Grill House. Monday Monday does not seem popular. I'm not finding a Monday. It doesn't inspire people. (laughs) Everyone's least favorite day of the week. It's like a restaurant. Um, Sunday. I'm looking at Sunday now instead. I was trying to use Yelp and I failed. So we have Thursday. Um... Hula hands. Yeah, I'm not finding anything. Uh, there's an auditorium in the Saturday Afternoon Club in Santa Rosa. Yes. All right. Well, this, well okay, I think we need... I found I, oh. I found one in, yes. New, in New York City. So this only works if you're in New York. Mm. Okay. Uh, but I, I will say, keeping in line with it not being very inspiring, especially for a Monday, it appears to be called Meatless Mondays. Mm. That sounds great. <laughs> Lovely restaurant. Um. This is unfortunate, but you can at least do a week now where you go to TJ Fridays and Ruby Tuesdays in one week. Sure. Uh, un- unfortunately, you can't do more. All right. Well, and, and listeners, if you know of restaurants with a day of the week in the name that are not TJ Fridays, Ruby Tuesdays, Meatless Monday. You can text in 855-723-9010. Or send us an email. Or send us an email. At staff at Earful of Convoy. Or Earful of Convoy. I think that works too. Okay, okay. Staff at Earful of Cocktail.com. Okay, so he, he brings up this thing, and we're, we're criticizing it uh, for the fact that this is not, this is not new. This it's is not new at all. No. But this is not what the professor latches on to. No. He latches on to the fact. What does he latch on to the fact on? The smell of stale beer. Yes. And, and a surly bartender. Yes. Do you tend to provide the smell of stale beer or perhaps a surly bartender and three boring drunks to each outlet? 
So that was the question of, you know, what he is bringing, saying that what he is franchising is unpleasant. Mm -hmm. He is saying that no one wants a tavern. Which which seems at odds with the Mm -hmm. level of patronage that the TGI Fridays he works in is seeing. But I guess here's a question. Is he actually franchising the Fridays idea of a bar, or is he franchising the Pat's Tavern idea of a bar? No, neither. But, I mean, it seems what the professor is describing really fits Pat's Tavern. Pat's Tavern. I mean, so stale beer. Stale from, beer from Rusty, Rusty pipes. pipes. Yeah, yeah. A surly oh, bartender. That's, that is That's accurate. Pat. That's Uncle Pat. Yep. Mm-hmm. Three boring drunks. That's I mean, Yeah, Eddie was boring. And, and there's many and more And there were a couple other boring people he, he there, too. He less to say, yeah. Yep, yeah. I mean, it's and is that really the dream of he came back? It's the cocktails and dreams. <laughs> I mean, of all things he wanted to do, he came in with a book, Million Dollar Idea, How to Market a Million Dollar Idea, and then he shows up at Pat's. Did he have the idea at that point, or is he like, what's my idea? It's like, this. This. I'm going to take this. I'm going to franchise franchise it. you got to franchise, franchise, franchise. Have you seen oh. that? What am I? Hello. Have, hello. <laughs> franchise, 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 franchise. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, that's important. It's okay, a that, line from a. Okay. That's it. All right, that's if, it. If you're not latching onto that. All right. No. Yeah. No latch. Um, a key. Latch. Meet key. Latch key kid. Uh, so, so the. Th- I mean, also this. Maybe he's insightful. Maybe this guy really knows he's talking about. In that, Brian Flanagan is basically cribbing from successful businesses like TJ Fridays, mm-hmm. but also really. He's only chasing his own, you know, he's more of a, he's an amateur psychiatrist. He looks at someone saying people are chasing basically the biggest failures in their life. Someone mm. in the cookie business, it's really the fact that she feels inadequate in the kitchen and she's trying to make up for it. Okay. And Brian Flanagan, he has always felt shame of his awful Uncle Pat and now just wishes to basically distance himself from that by... By making a, a by, 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 chain of, of restaurants Uncle Pat's. Yeah. that yeah, are just like his, his uncle's... Rest, or his it's uncle's, it's uh, kind of what you chase the thing you loathe. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, his, that's his theory. So he's really doing a good job of saying, you know, snap out of this provincial thinking mm-hmm. of trying to be the thing that haunts you. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's actually pretty insightful. I mean, it sounds like he knows... I think he's a really bad professor. Uh, so, okay, so he says, do you intend to provide uh, a surly bartender and three boring drunks to each outlet? And this is actually... He thinks he's being very clever here. It is. No one's laughs. And Brian Flanagan's response is very funny, actually. Yes. Which is... Uh, I don't know. Are you looking for another job? That's funny. That's actually I I wrote down Flanagan is great at comebacks, which Tom Cruise... Tom Cruise and comebacks are, are like, um, butter and... Butter milk. Butter and milk. Tom Cruise and comebacks are like butter and milk. That's what they always say. I will say a lot of times you hear a comeback, it's like, oh, that's obvious. I can think of that. He, It's a good comeback because it, he thinks it quicker than you would have thought it. Yeah, which that's is what the, Tom Cruise does. That is, Yeah, he juggles pizza and comes up with, with good comeback. He juggles pizza so well. Uh, and he says, ah, a diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dreamer who can't take the criticism. He is kind of getting into the psychology Which is of this true. Student. He is the dreamer, and he has really no use for criticism. No. He just wants to be basically favored and coddled by everyone he ever meets. Yes. He, he, and he gets, he gets far more. If, other than the fact that he fails in school but not really understanding macroeconomics, uh, he, like, he, he does everything else comes easy to him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then he says that he's in the classroom because he can't hack in the real world. Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. He fails him for the class, apparently. He fails him for the class for talking back to him, I guess. Yeah. Which, that's, I, then I wrote down, Professor seems very bad. I mean, how does that not happen more often? That professors fail students for talking back to them? It's because, like, an honor code? Like, is that an honor code violation? How does this work? Well, I think when you hire a professor, you're looking for someone who does not get... Who isn't petty? Yes. (laughs) Who isn't retaliatory toward their students. I mean, I... I, uh, My advisor was extremely retaliatory toward his his students. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, in real life... Uh, he re- he resembles professors I've known much more than than the honorable professor who doesn't do this. All right. So what just, about the nutty professor? Uh, he seemed like he was a fair grader. Mm, very fair. Yeah. I'm talking about Jerry Lewis. Uh, no, I'm talking about the nutty professor played by Eddie Murphy. I'm talking about the nutty professor played by Eddie, uh, Jerry Lewis. By Eddie Lewis. By Eddie Lewis. <laughs> Cut the difference. Uh, okay. So I it doesn't really make sense too the fact of at this point. Is he just saying you're banned from the classroom or saying you will show up, but I am now sinking this assignment so hard you're going to F no matter what? Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, It doesn't really matter, though. It seems like it's it's un- it's confusing. Yes. But that is the point where Brian Flanagan decides to give up academics. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the point. Uh, well, and, and does he drop out? I'm not sure that's really clear. Uh, well, that's I mean, he seems to be indicating as much in this follow up conversation with 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 Kovlin. Um He says, maybe... See that sigh right there. That's his... I've got to find something, something to do. See? Relax. You're in the perfect job. He says he's no too old to make them behind three feet of mahogany. Within one square mile of this saloon lies the greatest concentration of wealth in the world. Yes. But how was a bartender going to get his hands on any of it? A bartender is the aristocrat of the working class. He can make all kinds of moves if he's smart. There are investors out there. There are angels. There are suckers. There are rich women with nothing to do with their money. (laughs) You can stand in this bar and you can be struck by lightning. I've seen it happen. So here we go. Sure. So a couple things here. Yes. Uh, So we're now in a scene two, right, which is back in the bar. We are in a different scene. We're at TJ Fridays, and what time of day is it? Uh, must be, I mean, then they go drunk walking, so it's got to, I guess it's really late at night, right? No, it's obviously no? morning, because they're drinking beer, and beer's for breakfast. That's true. Yeah, beer's, beer's for breakfast around here. I mean, I think this, you don't know that this scene to, I... They are also drinking hard liquor, though. I mean, you are see, they? oh yeah, you see Flanagan pour, he, he brings out two beers, two MGDs, Miller Genuine Drafts. Yes. Brings out two MGDs, and then he also pours... A shot of something. I didn't catch what it was, but he also pours them each a shot of something, in addition to the beer. Well, check that out. I missed that. We will check it out. We will check it out. So, um, uh, so I wrote down Coughlin is drinking. Coughlin. (laughs) Put the Romanian accent. Coughlin is drinking an MGD. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, in terms more Jamaican. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, Coughlin. Um, (laughs) Um. Okay. So, do you think this is one day? Do you think he comes back from one school? One crazy day. One crazy day. Uh, real time. Uh, do you think he gets back uh, from the class, immediately works, and then they hang out the bar and now they come back late? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it, yeah. That's what happens. It could be different Hello. days. 
Mm. But I agree, it's plausible to say Oh, this is all one day. Yeah, because there's a progression here. So let's talk about the line, the bartender is the aristocrat of the working class. Sure. Because I think think that's a, that is definitely a central piece of this movie. Well, I mean, I I take one clear message from this. But look, once you know when your your okay, I mean, first. my read on it is um, this is th- uh, this explains why bartending is what Brian Flanagan is getting himself into. It, like, in, in, if you were to take his ambition and the sort of stuff he wants to do, sure, you wouldn't necessarily say this man is is going to try to be a bartender professionally and be really good at it, right? You wouldn't necessarily say that, but this this framing, yeah. Is hey, being a bartender is actually much more than you know than you think it is. Being a bartender is something worthy of ambition here. Yeah, you're the aristocrat of the working class. Well, I mean, what this is, in a manner of speaking, by the way, this is KJSU Stanford Earful of Cocktail, where we pick apart cocktail. Unless you're listening on the podcast, and then it's not. And it's earfulofcocktail.com slash feed.xml slash cocktails. Yeah. By the way, I will say this. The fact that our old website and our new website both go to the same feed, Mm. working like a charm. Working like un charm. Uh, This is an economics lesson. He goes to school mm. for these economics lessons that mean nothing. He Mm. goes to Coughlin, and Coughlin teaches him real economics, largely about how does one acquire wealth. Right. That is the central question of economics. How does one in their position acquire wealth? Yes, and I think here's the biggest thing here. This is actively a refutation of the ideas of of Marxian uh, economics. Mm. And instead, you know, it's it's a, a nearly explicit embrace of the economics of Henry George. Isn't that pretty clear here? Why is that? I mean, you're saying because of the amount of the wealth concentration in the yes. square mile radius. Yeah, he says, you know, there's no better place than here. Within one square mile of this saloon lies the greatest concentration of wealth in the world. Is that true? Uh, so or w- was that true in eighty? Eight, nine? When was this made? Uh, I mean, I think it was true then. It was true now. Here's an interesting paper I'll bring up. This is a paper that came out earlier this summer. Uh, give me one second here to pull up. I have... This is a paper by David Alboy, uh, Gabriel Elrich, and Manshul. I need to get rid of this window. Manshul Shin. This is a paper called Metropolitan Land Values. This is uh, you know recent data on what is basically the uh, metropolitans, the total estimated urban land value for the urban area, wow. as well as for central urban uh, values. Is, wait, is this normalized for the size of the city? Is this well, like per they, square mile, well, no, or this like, is overall? This is overall. Wow. But it's, you, can, you, can, you can do this in all sorts of different ways. New York, New but, York. Wait, are these, these are all American cities, though. Yes, this is American-centric. Because Coughlin said in the world. Sure. He doesn't say in the country. I mean, what would be the biggest candidates otherwise? Tokyo. Tokyo? But Tokyo, by the way, has a very big footprint. That's true. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he was oh, a Oh, the district of Tokyo. Uh, you also want to throw in the very densest cities, which is to say Singapore Dubai. and Hong Kong. Dubai. Dubai There's a significant is, concentration of wealth in Dubai. That's true. Uh, but, Monaco. But this is about land values. Sure. To, to Th- but that's not what Coughlin says. Coughlin just says concentration of wealth. But you have to say where the wealth comes from. Sure, but in, in I mean, in practical terms, what he's talking about is concentration of wealth that they can acquire via uh, marrying people. 
And in that sense, you were just talking about the the net worth of the individuals who live in that area. But he is largely talking about the amount of basically wealth that's floating around, you know, perhaps a bit, you know, meaninglessly, you know, the kind of unearned increment, as it were. You know, people have wealth more than they know what to do with, mm-hmm. and it can easily end up with a bartender. Uh, by the way, to get up to the numbers, $2.5 trillion is the amount of, of land wealth in New York City, hmm. uh, which doesn't include Jersey City, which is worth a whole $98 billion itself. Wow. Uh, the urban average, this is this is the amount per acre of the central part of... Uh, Oh, Honolulu, Hawaii is number three. That's interesting. I don't actually know what they're actually numbering this as. It's actually confusing. Mm. I, I don't. It seems they're just listing a bunch of cities. Yeah, uh, I, w- I would feel much more comfortable with these numbers if they were global. Sure. So the the average of urban land in New York five point two million per acre, which is like okay, I can believe that. Mm-hmm. In yeah. the central part of the city, a hundred and twenty three million. Per acre. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds it's it's yeah. a, a lot of money there. Yeah, a lot of money there. So, what, so con- yeah, okay. So let's talk about R- David Ricardo and the law of rent. Let's not. I think it's a, a we're talking economics here. So the law of rent. It's been called, uh, and this is a very interesting. Is this a, how's, how's this flying over here? How's this economics lesson? I, I'm actually really enjoying this. Right. I'm, I'm I'm all ready for this. Okay, we cut his mic. <laughs> John Stuart Mill called the law of rent. The pons asinorum of economics, which is to say the bridge of asses. It's the difficult concept that takes people, it kind of it weeds out the kind of, uh, you know, the thinkers who don't really get it from people who really spend the time and think about it. Uh, David Licardo's Law of Rent says, how do you formulate the productivity of land? Basically, the productivity of land is how much you can produce labor on the land is measured in relation to what marginal land you can achieve. In, in other words, it is positional. Uh, it's, it's a positional gain. So Manhattan is basically described on where are you least productive? Where can a bartender go for free and set up shop and just do nothing? Like, they could go to, you know, where, how far they go? Probably go to, like, middle of nowhere, Kansas or mm. something. And say, so like, that is how much it's worth to be in Manhattan because you are, you have to pay a premium to be there. As a bartender. But you can be very productive as a result. I see. Sure. I mean, you see the beginning of the movie. He's in uh, in, uh, Long Island City. Mm -hmm. He looks through a gate longingly in New York. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not... Says that's where the productivity is. I think he's looking at locational values and not just Of course. He says at the end of this whole uh, segment... He says, you know, that's why I left Queens. Absolutely. And then he shouts positive, positive thinking <laughs> and puts his arms in the air. But let's talk about that later. So in other <laughs> words, the Marxist reading would say mm. he as a laborer is mm-hmm. divorced from the product of his labor. Sure. Bartender the, is a bartender. Because he cannot have the means of production. That is the service he is providing. And he says he like he lacks the means of production. Yes. And people who lend him the means of production are, are stealing from him. And Kovlin is saying. He's saying, well, like, you, we have the means of production. Transcend that. You like your labor is productive based upon where you are. Sure. And yeah, so they 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 don't lack the mahogany bar. That's easy to get. Mm-hmm. But being where they are is what's being hard. in Manhattan, and and they are uniquely advantaged as a result of working at a CGI Fridays in Manhattan. That's yeah, the premise there. I mean, it is it is okay. And, to, and it, this, I mean, this is borne out. This this. Well, I don't want to. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. But but to talk about what's going on here, I mean. The aristocrat of the working class. There's yeah. a weird kind of, of 
There's a weird kind of, of, of I guess, anti-egalitarian statement in that of saying that not all people are created equal. Mm-hmm. It's saying almost by birth there are people who have it and people who don't. Mm. This is almost something like you see it like Ayn Rand or something, right? Well, I think it's... Um, but if this is true, why doesn't everyone be a bartender? Uh, or in other words... Well, not everyone can have those moves. And why not? Why... Let's say the movie takes a little bit of a twist. Let's say the beginning. Let's say the beginning. uh, Brian Flanagan he he interviews and then he says, "Oh, let's start like he doesn't get a job in Manhattan." Yeah. But then he almost gets started on Fridays. Then he goes back to Uncle Pat and he mentions him. Uncle Pat's like, "Hmm, that sounds interesting." And the whole movie's Uncle Pat goes to Manhattan. No. (laughs) Like why? Why doesn't Uncle Pat? Because Tom Cruise is an enigmatic, uh, you know, sharp-witted. Graceful short man, <laughs> Uncle Pat. He he clings to his capital yeah. in the wrong land location uh, and is unproductive. Well, but if he gives well, another decade Lo- or so, another another <laughs> decade and a half, I feel yeah. like Uncle Pat's going to be in a pretty great position over there. But if he just gave it up and went to Manhattan, he could be rubbing shoulders with the makers. And sure, but Uncle yeah. Pat wouldn't be able to own a tavern in Manhattan. That's the difference. Uncle Pat does own land in Queens. Which will probably work out well for him in a couple decades. In a couple decades, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if he lives that long, sure. Uh, but it is it is interesting. It's it's you know his their their labor is largely now just basically being close to people and being able to kind of uh, take take wealth from them. And, the aristoc- aristocrats, the aristocrats of the, the working class. I mean, aristocrat in general is basically defined by stealing from people. That's kind of what aristocrat is, right? Hmm. Right? Interesting. Is, how do you define aristocrat? How does how does it differ from Aristocat? Uh, I've never seen Aristocats. You need to see Aristocats. Oh okay, I'm getting, yeah. uh, getting a oh, nod. Oh yeah, here. getting a nod. Yeah. Does he need to see Aristocats? Everyone needs to see Aristocats. See, that's yeah, exactly. That's the reading. Um, anyway, he's saying if you're smart, yeah. you can make all sorts of moves if you're a bartender. Uh, that's accurate. I mean, you can you can the ice mountain, the, <laughs> the 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 long pour, the short pour. But in general, if you're all just sorts a, of moves. if you're a normal bartender, mm-hmm. you can make all this money. And Coglin is very Coughlin. aware of making all this money. Mm-hmm. But it's all going to Mister Fridays, who owns this Fridays location. Yeah, yes, you know, and like it's not going to him, mm. which is you know I think he's but he is saying if you do this, you can really make the big bucks. Really, by networking, uh, and he's already built up his human capital, and he's saying mm-hmm. that you, the amount you can build up by going to school mm-hmm. is not really the human capital you need to make money in Manhattan. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Uh, he says once you realize that you that you uh, that professors don't know a single thing, then you're ready to graduate. That's what he says. Uh, any more economics talk you want to talk here? No. But you, you gotta say this is it's pretty coherent. This well, is coherent.com. This is coherent.com. Uh, I mean, I think I think this. There's a lot to yeah, chew on. There's, there's, and we'll, and yes. we'll, we'll certainly return to these economic thoughts as this movie progresses. Very good. Okay, great. Just just like every other conversation. I mean, he says, okay, let's just go down the people they can get the money from. Investors. Investors is a standard thing which people have a large amount of capital and they actually lend it to you sure. with the idea that you will take it and get better returns. Mm-hmm. You don't make, you know, you could make a lot of money that way usually by fooling people into make not having nothing of a product, but you can just kind of showmanship. That's what, mm. that's the that's the VC way. Mm. Uh, there are angels. Yep. Uh, is and an devils. angel investors? 
Uh, I mean, I think it's a play on angel investors. I don't know that don't angel investor was a term that was think, well known in the eighties. So. Yeah, yeah. I think there's people who give you money. Um, yeah. Okay. There are suckers. Suckers are the angels and the suckers the same thing, or is he defining multiple classes of people here? Well, an angel gives you money and knows what they're doing and feels fine about it. A sucker gives you money without realizing they're being dumb. Sure. Yes. Sure. Okay. There are rich women with nothing to do with their money. Sure. Okay. Which apparently is neither an angel nor a sucker. I mean, again, is he defining three classes of things, or is he defining these? This is a group of people you need to go after. They're angel suckers who are rich women with nothing to do with their money. He's saying there's four classes of people that you that are advantageous. To Bartenders. You. Nope. There are oh. four people. You are the bartender. You are the bartender. You are interacting with four types of people. Th- those are the productive kinds of people. Angels. Angels. Suckers. Suckers. Rich women with with, not, with nothing to do with their money. Exactly. And investors. And investors. Sure. Okay. And and Koblen yes. seems to prefer the rich women with nothing to do with their money. I think they're all... They or he's all, pursuing them all. He's pursuing all avenues. They're four very productive veins sure. to, to chase. Sure. 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 Um, and, and he's seen people... He's seen people... It happened. He's seen people... It happened. Okay. The aristocrat of the working class. We already played this. make all kinds of moves if he's smart. Yes, we did. It's good, though. Okay, the next scene. Are we ready to move on to the next scene? Uh, well, well, we can chew on this some more, but let's move on. Okay, move on and chew. Uh, the next scene is going to be them shouting Chantilly Lace. Yes, very loud. Uh, what I like about this is they're both singing lyrics at the same time. Tom Cruise forgets or, or acts like he forgets at least two lines in Chantilly Lace. And I think it's, it's again, like the pizza move. I think it's pretty convincing. And a pretty face and a ponytail just hanging down. A wiggle and a walk and a giggle and a talk makes the world go round. It's a pretty good, like, them riffing off each other. Is that a riff? I mean, it's a, it's an actoral riff, yeah. Rift. Rift. It's an actoral rift. It's an actoral rift. <laughs> <laughs> So, my first question is, what is up with this movie and its fixation on 1950s pop songs? Isn't that a bit weird for a movie in late 1950s New York City? Like, take a look at, uh, if, if, if you have any access to the, to the cocktail soundtrack. Did you say 1950s pop songs? Good. No. Oh. If you actually were playing one of the 1950s pop songs, it's what well, I didn't. I didn't know what was going to play. It's a record I put up to a random track, and it was but, playing. But, but hand hand me the hand me the uh, the uh, album if you could. So on this right here, there are on the, we're holding the vinyl right now. Uh, there are ten songs on this, and of these. Yeah, do not touch this slider. Do never touch this slider. <laughs> Hope you didn't do anything. Even my old grandma what is this? This is John Mellencamp. I don't want to hide a baby. Please stop this. Please 
please. It's stop a this. good soundtrack. Okay, so of these, uh, there's a new song. By, okay, I'm going to re- read all ten of the songs on here. Wild Again by Starship. That's a new. That's sure. a new song. Powerful stuff. That's a new song by the fabulous Thunderbirds. Powerful which, stuff. Which is, I gotta say, that's a throwback kind of group. The hmm. Thunderbirds sure. evokes back 1950s car-based groups. Mm-hmm. Since when, car-based Robbie Neville, groups. car-based groups. Uh, yes. Don't be happy. Okay, so then we have Bobby McFerrin. A hippie, hippie shake. Hippie, hippie shake. This is a uh, this is a uh, early British invasion song. So we're mm. going to early '60s, but still, mm-hmm. this is an old timey song played by a really crappy 1980s band. Uh, Kokomo, old time group, new time song. Rave on. This is a Buddy Holly song from 1950s, as covered by John Cougar Mellencamp. Mm-hmm. All shook up by Elvis, covered by uh, by Ry Cooter. Uh, we have one more song, and then finally Tutti Fruity, the original recording by R- Little Richard, is on this. Why did you skip Oh, I Love You, you know, so? It's, it's not an old song. But I'd say of, wow. of this right here, we have four out of six are old songs being covered, and I believe there's at least one or two more in the song. That's weird. You don't normally see this in the late 80s. I feel it's almost it's it's kind of a... Uh, a throwback. I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a motif. I call it a motif. Sure. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah, so, okay, so which say that does not include Chantilly Lace. Chantilly Lace is from 1958. Mm-hmm. You think they would have put the song that they're singing drunk on the soundtrack? I think it'd be fun. Yeah, very fun. Uh, I mean, you, um, could, you could put the original, but... So, so yeah, so he gets he gets giggling and a-talking wrong, Tom Cruise does. Yeah. He says he just mumbles it, which is funny. I think it works well. I mean, I would say it looks like he's doing it real, but I would say the same thing about juggling pizza. I thought he's really juggling hot pizza. Tom Cruise is an actor. So, yeah, he doesn't need to actually not understand the lyrics to Chantilly Lace. That's all I'm saying. Mm, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So while they're doing the drunk singing, they walk by a newspaper box. You notice this? I noticed it. The newspaper box has a number on it. It says, call toll-free. You called it? That number is 1-800-631-2500. You called it? You know what that, who that number goes to? goes to your personal number. <laughs> the New York Times subscription department. That makes sense. Yeah. So this movie has a plug for the, for subscribing to the New York Times. Product placement, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very subtle plug. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that's interesting. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they got a lot of money for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right now, is it surprising if people were playing, were 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 singing along drunk to a thirty-one-year-old, thirty-year-old uh, song today? Yeah. No, not at all. People sing along to you know Convoy. Uh, <laughs> so it's forty years, but. Like if you were going to walk down the street, Drunk. yeah, oh yeah, sure. Like like all the songs on the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, people are all into those. But if you were going to if you're going to go down the street with yeah. you, with the Coglin in your life, yeah, whoever that is, uh, I people would sing like the ooh 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 bang bang while all bang bang. So the witch bang bang while all bang bang. Yes, it's the most common thing. By the by the way, by the way, by the way, Chantilly Lace, the B side of Chantilly Lace is is Witch Doctor. Close, yeah. Uh, the the back is the purple people eater meets oh. the witch doctor. Wow! <laughs> so why'd you cue that up? That's Man, a... I am I am on point here, huh? Yeah. yeah. The purple people eater. Wait, slash the witch doctor meets the witch doctor meets the witch doctor by the big bopper. Okay. Uh, we're on a random YouTube video that is that no. Um, the purple people eater. Um, meets the witch doctor. Sounds like we'll be on Kishishu One in five minutes or less. Wow. Um, okay, here we go. By the Big Bopper. Nope, 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 nope. 
Great, good job. <laughs> We're going to comment as this happens. I'm walking through the woods and not far from town. I got real shook, I heard the strangest sound. I saw the purple people leader and the mice surprise. The witch doctor sitting by his side. The witch doctor had a little guitar in his hand. And they were popping and a rocking with a two-piece band. Purple was a blowing like a people leader should. Witch doctor picked like Johnny be good. They went a... So this is the B-side of Chantilly Lace? Yes, it is. <laughs> which also is, I've never heard of this day. And I own an album by the Big Bopper, <laughs> which this did not make it on. I feel really bad that I, like, this was not, did not make it on the, um, would, would this have been better for them to be singing drunk? I think it would be more cryptic, because no one knows the song. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It would confuse the audience. <laughs> Good. Uh huh. This is really good. Let's let's try something here. These cats from outer space were given. I could tell the way they rock that they were having a ball. They were coming on strong. That's good. That's good mix. It's a great mix. Okay, let's 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 sing it. Okay. I'm going I'm going nuts here. All right. That's well, really good. That's really that. good. Whatever you say. Uh, um, so that's funny you say that, but I do. Okay, <sighs> how you doing over there? Not so, doing great. Um, okay, songs that people would sing drunk today that are more than thirty years old. They came out thir- got, exactly thirty years ago. Ooh, ee, ooh, no, came out exactly thirty playing, years ago. Exactly thirty years ago. Um, what was thirty? Thirty years from twenty seventeen. That'd be uh, what um, uh, eighty seven. Sure. So, like when the when this movie was made. Yes. So, uh, how about a little uh, Kokomo? I mean, that's, you're talking about that's 88 with this you'd movie. Sing, you, you t- you'd sing Kokomo drunk. Aruba, Jamaica, come on, pretty mama. Aruba, Jamaica, Florida Keys. I mean, I'll say this. It's a place you want to go. People have made the statement that culture, culture has stopped on. really changing the way. Come on. If you imagine the 1950s, 1950s. It, there's kind of a '50s ideal. Sure, you have the fam- the, the, the big, nuclear, big fin cars that go out to the milkshake shop, and then people with go the, roller with the nuclear and big, family inside, and they have a nuclear family in the trunk, and they have nuclear <laughs> and a nuke in the passenger seat. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> just those classic Cold War anxieties. Yes. Uh, 1960s. Yeah, you. What's the nuclear family thing? You think the nuclear family thing was a reaction of like? You know, we've got to build up our nuclear stockpile, and we've got to build up our nuclear stockpile. Well, the question is whether people started saying that before nuclear weapons were a thing mm-hmm. or not. That's the question. I'll, I'll look this up. This is a great question. 1960s. What are your 1960s stereotypes? Uh, Beatles. Okay. Everyone was Beatles. Everyone was the Beatles. <laughs> Everyone was the Beatles. <laughs> Everyone was the fifth Beatle. Everyone was the fifth Beatle. Um, uh, uh, the um, Summer of Love. Hippies. Yeah. A lot of hippies in the 60s. Uh, JFK. Sure. I mean, like, when you get this whole idea, especially when you get to, like, Woodstock Rose-colored glasses. 1970s. People have immediately say, oh, you have disco. People wear bell-bottoms. Sure. Whole Colors. A uh, lot of uh, green helicopters in the 70s. Absolutely. Yeah. Green helicopters are a big part of the 70s for me. I think we actually are, can go on now. So hey. let's take a, a brief pause as we flip over to the... I'm going to let you do this. 
<laughs> okay, now we're on Keisha Two One Two. Stand in this bar and you can be struck by lightning. You've seen it. The board is lighting up. Shall I continue? Why did? Oh, please do. Gentilly lace and a pernic face and a ponytail just a hanging down. A wiggle and a walk and a giggle and a talk <laughs> makes the world go round. Hello and welcome if Hello, you're just joining welcome. us. Um, this is KZSU Stanford. If you're if you're listening to the uh, volleyball game, you heard uh, you heard silence for a few seconds, <laughs> and, then, and then you heard that wonderful cacophony of sounds of sound, including Chantilly Lace and the Big Show theme. Uh, this is an earful of cocktail. We are analyzing the movie Cocktail featuring Tom Cruise. We are on the fifth five minutes of that movie. We've been recording off the air, and we just had a very hectic transition was great. to being on the air. If you're listening on the podcast, though, uh, everything has been smooth. <laughs> you probably noticed no interruption at all. No, it was great. You, you, hmm. heard, you heard everything as it was, because <laughs> yes. we would never lie to you. Uh-huh. Okay, um, <laughs> let's get back on track here. By 1988, mm-hmm. if you imagine 1958... It is ancient. It feels like something. Like imagine. I'm gonna kill this big show theme, but let's just appreciate it real quick here. Is okay. Uh, yes. Sorry. Go ahead. 1958 by 1988 is ancient. There are like six different major stylistic changes you've gone through. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, what has changed so much between? 1988 and now, like maybe like two stylistic variations. No, tops. no. We, there was no. No. We stopped having stylistic trends like bell bottoms. It's not like oh, no. For a few years, the 90s were all about the like the high jeans and the like the long hair and the big good, glasses. Good hygiene. Hygiene. 90s were all about hygiene. Yeah. Yeah. And then the 2000s were about like um uh you know flannel. And I think you're off by a decade. I'm off by a decade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, but the, and um, uh, the shirts where it's like there's like the inside shirt and then the outside shirt with like a checkered pattern on it, and then kids are cool when like, they have like what the, you're wearing right now, like what I wear right now. No. <laughs> I am the epitome of fashion. No. The, the, just bring your jeans up a bit higher. Yeah, exactly. No. Around 2000, you start to get the cool kids in the Target commercials where they have like the orange shirt inside and then like the. <laughs> like the, the standard story of the 2000s was the cool kids in the Target commercials. <laughs> Everyone, I feel like post 2000, people started to define fashion by what people look like in Target commercials. What's your name? That might have mostly been you. <laughs> Maybe that was just me. Okay. Uh, I mean, I will say this. A few years before that, there was the famous Bullet Time Gap ad. Mm. Where they're 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 doing Louis Prima's uh, uh, jump, jive, and whale, mm. and then people were like dancing around, and they were wearing khakis and t-shirts and you know, you know outside shirts. But that was the thing people were wearing since the nineties. Sure. Really, what it says is they're ready for bullet time. Okay. Um, so, but strongest memories early two thousands, nine eleven, and the Target Kids. <laughs> Target Kids, yeah, yeah. Target commercials, huge deal. I'm just saying it's. Mm. You know, this seems ancient. 1958, it doesn't feel like the 80s. The 80s are cool Everyone is always up for a 60s, 50s throwback thing. Even, I mean, in the 80s, today, whenever. It is, but it feels prehistoric. That's all I'm saying. 
It, it's interesting. I, I, I don't. Th- I think the movie has a bigger fixation on 1950s culture mm. in the form of songs only, only, mm. only, mm-hmm. only, and weirdly in bad 80s covers. Which of this? I'll say them singing a cappella is the best 80s cover we've heard so far. Speaking of bad 80s covers, <laughs> failed, failed badly. <laughs> Look, when you have a vinyl record, you just don't know what track is going to come no on. Way, no way to know. No way to know. Zero ways to know. I, I hate so this 80s cover. You, you, you dr- <laughs> so you drop the needle into a random track and you get what you get. Only thing you can do. Yep. Okay, so uh, they're singing Chantilly Lace. They're singing it... Uh, Badly, drunkenly. So, okay, first off, what is the point of the scene? Uh, I think it's to establish their friendship and their drunkenness. So, like, up to this point, you don't know if they actually would hang out outside the bar? They seem a bit too professional? Yes. Yeah, I think this is showing they are, their their relationship extends outside the bar. It is also a way to get them from the bar to Flanagan's apartment the next morning, where they will have the conversation about cocktails and drinks. Well, you, you could, it would be weird if they just showed up. Yeah, because it's this. like, why is he in Flanagan's apartment? It doesn't show why. It just shows he, they were walking together. Sure. Yes. I also, we have no idea where Coughlin lives. There's also a nice speech. I mean, Coughlin gives him a speech during, this is sort of an extension of his lesson. He gives him a speech during this drunken episode where he talks about how a man will always be judged by how much alcohol he can consume. Sure. Which is interesting. And he makes a simple rule. He says a star never pukes or passes out in public. That so that's true. a simple rule. And the important thing is for him to actually make the most of his placement here in the New York City bar culture, he needs to be a star. A star. Well, Tom Cruise is a star. But is Brian Flanagan. Brian Flanagan is not yet a star. And then we have the uh, the Coughlin uh, um, death scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's listen to Coughlin fall down the stairs. I'm not going to make it. You are. A star never pukes or passes out in public. Yeah. Ah! He falls down a lot of stairs. Holy shit. Hey. <laughs> hey, are you okay? And then Tom Cruise says, holy shish. You alive? <laughs> All right. So that's Coglin falling down the stairs. So when I first watched this on November 21st, 2015, mm-hmm. I said, Mentor falls down steps suddenly. He does not die. The scene doesn't seem to accomplish much. It neither feels real nor does anything to drive the story. Mm-hmm. And I still, I, I, I think, does it feel real? I still feel it doesn't feel real. I don't think the scene feels real. You think it's a reverse dream sequence? It, it's. I think it, it's kind of prepackaged fun. Mm. It's okay. Much, Them think, singing for Chantilly Lace is more of a gag. You're saying than like a. It seems like something people are told to do to say they're having fun. Mm. Whereas I feel of all things, they, you don't really see Tom Cruise ever relaxing. That's the one thing you can't imagine him doing is mm. relaxing. He's mm. always. He's not a relaxed person. No, no. he's always. No, he's hyper. He's yeah, on top. He's always he's, hyper. In fact, these five minutes end with him uh, shouting positive, yes. <laughs> positive thinking. No, no, but let's it, listen. But why? Positive thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and lifting his arms in the air. But while he's lip syncing, he doesn't really enjoy it. He's like yelling, "Hey, wiggle when d- like he's <laughs> yelling." At yeah, yeah. That's weird. That's weird. Yes, it's it is. Very yeah, weird. yes. He's uh, high strung. He's absolutely high strung. Um, oh, you know. Okay, so this is me. I, uh, this is we first watched Cocktail at your place after you bought Blu-ray because mm-hmm. you knew it would be a winner. Yep. Uh, and I 
I started uh, I started uh, live tweeting while it was happening. I tweeted this at uh, did you know it was at one twenty nine a.m. Uh, Good time to watch cocktail. Yes. So I have said this at one twenty one uh, a.m., which was eight minutes earlier. Mm. The mentor bartender is guaranteed to die before the end of the movie, right? Sophisticated, likable characters are bound to. Hmm. I'm just going on record. You think he's a sophisticated, likable character? Coughlin? Yeah. We're saying he's not likable or he's not sophisticated? Either. <laughs> okay, we have, we have, we have, oh, we have a comment. All right, yes. Peanut Gallery. Hi. Okay, so I, I had an observation about the scene, actually, that I wanted to share. Please share. Please. Okay, so it, it, it seems may, perhaps a little pointless, but um, if we put it in the context of what Coughlin says before he falls down the stair, right? Uh, a, a star never... Pukes or passes out before. Pukes or passes out. Okay, so then right after that, he fails to live up to his own scenario. But then he says, Uh falling downstairs is allowed. Oh, you're right. He does say that. Yeah, so So, he, you know... He's my, on top of it. My interpretation. Oh, I see. Well, my interpretation of that scene was that um, his star was about to fall, right? Mm. This is foreshadowing of him falling mm. and Tom mm. Cruise maybe having to rise up in his place. Well, ah. But mean, he's not really a star. Also, see, there's this yeah. other alcohol that they have in the in the shot glasses here. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Yes, the, yes there is. Um, so that, I mean, insofar as I saw Coughlin as a character M- who Kissing has, Santa Claus? <laughs> Yes. I saw Coglin <laughs> kissing Santa Claus. Sounds like a sequel opportunity. Underneath <laughs> <the> <laughs> mistletoe last night. Uh, no, I mean, the fact is for Flanagan, the classic Bildungsroman, you have hmm. to have Coglin die to make him really soar on his own. Mm. You can't have him still at the end of the movie saying, like, I'm still here, mm. cheering you on. Yes, he, he has to do it alone. That's the that's the rule of the thing. So he's bound to die at some point. I I mean, I immediately thought like, oh, are they killing him off in the subway scene? This yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that would be pretty funny. Coglin, I mean, we we let's track the Coglin near death experiences over the course of this film. One, one, we're at one. Okay, we're, good. That's okay, us tracking. great. All right. Oh, please do. Okay, <laughs> so. And Let's listen to Tom Cruise shout. Tail, just a hanging down, a wiggle and a walk and a giggle and a talk makes the world go round. A lot of air punching. <laughs> yeah, a lot of air punching. Yeah, and, and I mean, Cogman looks fairly relaxed here. He's smoking. He's you know. Strolling along here. I mean, he's star making. Yes, he's vetting him. He's going through. Can he get drunk and still not puke or pass out? Or and, and can he still recite the lyrics to Chantilly Lace? And he, I'd say he uh, does. He mostly succeeds. He's got a gentleman, he misses a gentleman's few lines. B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gentleman's B. Yeah. Um, okay. And then he falls oh, in the back. Grover Washington with Gil Scott Heron. I saw that. Yeah. Gil Scott Heron is a, is a is an underbill. That's great. That's worth seeing. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, Gil Scott Heron's great. Uh, Flanagan's Hey, Are You Okay? This. Yeah. Sounds weirdly slowed down. Alive? You alive? Hey, are you okay? <laughs> are you alive? Well, he's almost passing out. It's like a, it's a, it's as if it's like oh, in slow sequence. motion. It's like a reverse dream sequence, yes. It's very dreamy. Yeah. And then it's interesting. And then Conklin appears to pull st- Flanagan down the stairs. <laughs> yes. And then they both... They both suffer immense injuries. Yeah. Um, okay, so what I was going to say there is, so normally 
they work at the bar late, routinely. Mm. He goes home to Long Island. Coglin, does he routinely go over to his apartment? Um, yeah, I think they're friends. I mean, are they are they going over because now they're talking business? Mm. Okay, so we talk about the scene. Sort of. I mean, they're having breakfast, and Flanagan can't help but talk business because that's what he does. That's what he does. Yeah, he thinks. Uh, he uh, thinks smart, moves fast. Yes. By the way, uh, here is something that's really cool: mm. is that this uh, this book it exists on. Yeah, I know. I looked yes. this up too. Did think you... smart, move fast. Yeah, by so... Charles H. Ford. Um, did you did you look on the uh, the Google Books reviews of it? Yes, there's one Google Books review, <laughs> and it's uh, and it's uh, I book, wrote it down. This book is featured in the motion picture cocktail. <laughs> it's a good review. It's a great book. The, um, I also like the subtitle of the book. Did you make that out? Uh, no, and on the title, decision making slash problem solving for super executives. I <laughs> actually <laughs> and that's think smart, move fast by Charles H. Ford. If you so, if you're want, a super executive. I was you know. thinking about I'd buy a copy of this, but I'm not spending over twenty five dollars on it. It's, I mean, that you got to pay money for good books. So, uh, apartment scene stuff. Yes. Yes. One thing they love the New York Giants. Oh, were they everywhere in the? I'm, oh yeah, there's oh, at least there's at least three New York Giants in Rome. <laughs> uh, is it possible they share an apartment? Is that what we're saying? I mean, this is. Brian Flanagan's uh, parents' old apartment. Oh, right. Huh. So this is the apartment with so some I'm yuppie guessing, furniture. So I'm guessing his dad. Mm. I'm guessing his dad was a big Giants fan, or his mom. Yeah. Maybe they're yeah, both. Yeah. Mm. His parents are dead, though. Somehow, mysteriously. Somehow. Or moved away. Maybe his parents moved to like Aruba, Jamaica. Come Maybe, on, yeah, pretty mama. Well, we, we, we can speculate on that. We need to get more detail. Okay. Uh, uh, drinks. Cool, cool Bolton board. Cool bulletin board. The bulletin board, he hung up the sign fire extinguisher down, pointing at a place where there is no fire extinguisher. <laughs> that seems dangerous. It, yeah, I don't, I don't think it meets code. No. Um, uh, yeah. Flanagan bouncing the pizza on his hand is very funny. He sells that well. Tom Cruise is an actor. Uh, do you track the drinks in this um, in this scene? Well, and the apartment, the apartment no, no, the scene? No, the red eye. Coglin is drinking a red eye. You know what Flanagan is drinking? Uh, he's drinking a milk. Specifically, the brand of milk is it like generic prop? I saw it was like it said milk. I didn't it's, do. I, it says Clinton milk. <laughs> prophetic. Yeah, both Trump and Clinton, Clinton are mentioned in this movie. That's in in these five minutes. Yes, in these five minutes specifically. So on Amazing. the table, this is worth mentioning. Yeah. They have Campbell's tomato. Oh, you drew a juice. diagram of the table. I see. Yes. Mm, good. They have Campbell's tomato juice in cans. Mm-hmm. They have. Well, that's M- for the red eye. MGD. Although the red eye doesn't have tomato juice in it, does it? What did the red eye have in it? Beer. We drank it on air. I know. I don't remember. Did it have tomato? It had tomato yes, juice in it. Tomato juice. Beer. To- okay, and that's what the Campbell's tomato juice is for. Yes. Yeah. Uh, MGD. MGD for the for that's for the also for the. Yep. These are just the ingredients for the red eye and Tabasco, which he did not say. say in the recipe, but. Tabasco is almost certainly in a red eye. The classic red eyes it is, but early in the movie, mm. he did not use it. That's weird. But it was out on the bar. It was out on the That's bar before. Weird. He just maybe, didn't mention it. Maybe you always need to be in the vicinity of Tabasco sauce. You know, maybe you the people it. who made this movie didn't care that much about cocktails or getting the cocktails no, they, themselves they, they, right. They care. They care. Okay. They care. Right. Great. Uh, there is uh, there's a cool, uh, there is a cool uh, uh, Fortune magazine cover pinned mm. to the bulletin board about up-and-coming CEOs. That's a cool thing to put on your bulletin board. Just a cover of magazine about CEOs. Very cool. It's inspiration. Yes. Um, yeah. And what is God, what Tom Cruise shouting Chantilly Lays is so stressful. It's not. Yeah. I mean, if if you are Coglin, what is in it for you 
Because is he actually friends with with Tom Cruise? Well, Conklin probably doesn't have many friends. So he, he repels them. He repels them. So here is a friend. But, but he, also, I mean, Tom Cruise is a product he thinks he can, you know, mold into something useful. I mean, there's two kinds of people. You say people, you know, kind of. There's people who are pushed away from others, mm. and there's people, you know, those are usually people of low abilities are actually pushed away from others. Mm. And then you have other people who, like, are so. You know, elite and snobbish, they push everyone away from themselves, and that's how they reach. And the everyone place. is either one or the other of those. I mean, as far as reaching those extremes, Coglin is definitely one of the latter. He sure. is, yeah. And Tom Cruise is one of the former. <laughs> Tom Cruise is just unpleasant. Sure. Yes. Brian Flanagan, we should yeah. be clear. So, uh, the Coglin diet. The Coglin diet is cocktails and dreams. Yes. Yes. The Cog, uh, the, Which, the, could you survive on red eyes? They've got the protein, it's a cocktail. They've got well. Let's talk. Let's talk it through. Well, protein. You got protein. Jack. Yes. You got eggs. You got eggs. Yeah. Wonderful protein. Um, vegetables. You got tomato juice. Fruits. You got tomato juice. Fruits. You got tomato juice. Uh, um, dairy. Dairy. You, you got eggs. eggs. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, grain? Grain. You have beer. You have beer. Wow. The a red eye is a, is a complete is a complete meal. Yes, absolutely. Okay, it's, so it's, that's how you survive. Soylent 1.0. Is there you think someone who ha- is there someone out there who has gone on the cocktails only diet? Well, and dreams. Let's forget dreams. I think a lot of people have and they've died of cirrhosis. <laughs> <laughs> I think go to I think historically a number of people <laughs> currently uh, you know, homeless, currently on the skids are living on the, the all cocktail alcohol only, the all diet. alcohol diet. Yeah. But I mean, do you think it's it's possible to have a nutritionally balanced Diet that contains a large amount <laughs> of poison. It is only where everything has to be an alcoholic drink of some sort. I'm just gonna say no. Why not? I mean, I would say there's evidence that a, that a drink a day is good well, for you. I mean, are you saying if you know people say like that just means that you shouldn't have more than one drink a day? No, there's evidence that one alcoholic drink a day is actually is net positive versus none. I mean, really, if you want to be healthy, you probably shouldn't drink. There's there. That's not what this this evidence. I don't think, I don't think it's what it says. Okay. Um. But in other words, I mean, if you just like put like one dropper of liquor on all your food, you won't make let's, much of a no, difference. No, let's say it, no, it has to be an actual constructed cocktail in a glass. Sure. In a glass. Uh, I mean, can you like put it like with, with a healthy sandwich in a glass? <laughs> no. No, it has to be it has to be something that you could you could legitimately serve in a bar and people would pay for it. Soylent? That's the rule. Yeah, so, Soylent's fine. So just Soylent. So, so Soylent with alcohol. Okay. Spiked Soylent. Has, oh, I'm going to search for Spiked Soylent. People don't do this very much because it's, you know, there are... Spiked Soylent. They're weird hypermilers of human health. Um, blood sugar spike after Soylent. That's the first result here. Goddamn thing. And one of those How to avoid Soylent crash slash coma. Mm. I plotted my blood glucose levels before and after Soylent. Okay, Spike Soylent is not the term to search for. Um, so, so, spike Soylent. I'm going to say alcoholic Soylent. Okay, that seems to be something. Soylent plus alcohol. Experiences. I don't know if anyone has used alcohol to replace the water content of Soylent, but there are threads that talk about the dangers of mixing Soylent while drunk. <laughs> yeah, it's very messy. Okay, I'm very just, let's open these up here. By the way, we, we're actually we're running short on time. We need uh, we need a vodka slash Everclear and Soylent fits the description of Mutter's milk. The dirty Lyle, and then it's canon and it tastes like crap. All the proteins, vitamins, carbs, and your grandma's best turkey dinner plus fifteen percent alcohol. 
I believe that's a that's a Firefly thing. Great. Firefly, that's a, yeah, check, Firefly check. That is absolutely a Firefly reference. Okay, so Mudder's Milk is our answer to the mm. alcoholic diet. Great, great, yeah. great. All the protein, vitamins, and carbs of your grandma's best turkey dinner, plus 15% alcohol. So, that's cool. Would you, would you call the Silicon Valley Dirty Lyle? Soylent in, in Everclear? Soylent Everclear is the Silicon Valley Dirty Lyle. Um, okay, real, real quick, um, not a bad name for a joint. Oh, by the way, yeah. should that be the drink of the app? <laughs> We've already done Drink of the App. Well, I do have a theme song to play, so okay. we'll, we'll do that real quick. But real quick, not a bad name for a joint is something Tom Cruise said, or something Brian Flanagan says about cocktails and dreams. I wrote, no, it's a bad name for a joint. It's a, ba- it's a bad name for a restaurant or a bar. Cocktails and dreams? Yes. Uh, that's why I left Queen's positive, positive thinking. I said good arm motion. Yeah, let's watch you know, that again. We will watch that again. Okay, real quick. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Let's drink start. of the <laughs> app. This is Drink of the App, where we invent a drink every episode. Yes. This episode, we are doing the Silicon Valley, Valley Dirty, Dirty Lyle. Lyle. We're referring to a movie, which is not this movie. <laughs> We're referring to a drink made uh, in convoy. To, to a food substitute made many decades after the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Silicon Valley Dirty... Would it, is, it, is that better than Silicon Valley Mudder's Milk? I don't want to refer to Firefly. You don't want a Firefly reference. That's yeah. that's fine. Silicon, you'd rather have an obscure <laughs> convoy reference. It's ve- no, it's, okay. everyone Sil- knows. Silicon Valley Dirty Lyle, and yes. it is... Um, Soylent in a cocktail glass. One one serving Soylent. Sure. In a cocktail glass. Yes. And and do you have the full water content of the Soylent? Like you use the water like Soylent normally uses water? I think so. I think so, because you want to make it right. Yeah. Two ounces ever clear? You, that will kill you. <laughs> no, you, no. Everclear is huge. Is it not? Everclear is over. And it's like one fifty. Oh my god, you're right. Okay, yeah, yeah. I forgot yeah, about that. It's two hundred. Okay, one ounce. One ounce Everclear. I'd say half an ounce. Half an ounce. It's it's two hundred proof. It's. Oh, let's say to taste. <laughs> Everclear to taste. Yes. No, I think I think we need to define an amount because Soylent is a known quantity. There's a lot. I mean, Soylent has a how many ton of calories in it. Soylent? Uh, how many ounces is a Soylent serving? See, there's more to figure out than, than you know. We need to do a segment. Sure. How many ounces in a Soylent? Um, this is good. I Soylent guess. serving sizes: four hundred kilocals in a Soylent. So well, how many ounces? Um, well, there's different sizes. One bottle is 400 kilocals. It doesn't say... Oh, meal, uh, 12 ounces. 12 ounces. Yeah. So 12 ounces com- with one ounce of alcohol. I mean, 12 to 1 ratio of mixer to alcohol. Proof. I know, but a normal ratio of mixer to alcohol would be like... Two to one? But that's 80 proof. No, you can't use Everclear like but normal alcohol. But 200 proof is just three times 80-ish. Two and a half. But it's also pure. It's also like... Two and a half. We, we did the Dirty Lyle. We did some Everclear. And it worked... It, it's we part... put an ounce of Everclear in a cup no, of lemonade no, for the Dirty it, we Lyle. We did to taste. We, we put ta- an ounce of Everclear in that cup of lemonade. It's under protest. Okay. I think it's an ounce. I don't know. Well, do you want, like, Trevor, do you want to be the tiebreaker here? These are 14 ounces. These I'm, are... I'm probably not the person to ask about alcohol most of the time, but I, I feel like half an ounce is the way to go. Oh, man. We're killing this drink. These, We're killing this drink. These are 14 ounces. 
14, in 14 ounces, you got to put at least an ounce no, of Everclear. But you're not, you're not going to feel you're it. You're not doing all of it. You're, you're not, not going to feel that Everclear. So, so is, this in, is this in one of these pre-made bottles, or is this ever, is this the, the pre-mixed Soylent? Or well, what? you're going to have to put it in a different glass what of some glass, sort. What glass, though? A uh, pint glass. Put into a pint, pint glass. Pint glass. Everclear in a pint glass. I mean, how much does the pint glass hold? Not 14 ounces. A pint. <laughs> no, it holds more than a pint. <laughs> pint glass. How many ounces? How okay. many? How many pints does a pint glass? Hold? Okay, so a pint glass. Hey Google. <laughs> I will admit. I will admit. How many pints? I believe does a pint a glass. Pint glass. Hold? It, it may hold at least fourteen ounces. There are, possibly this sixteen. Is, this is possibly not. There are, there's is not an auto suggestion. No one has searched for this. <laughs> People aren't smart enough to think of these things. How, well, I did search for how man pints does a pint glass hold. How many pints does a pint glass hold? A pint glass is a form of drink we are made to hold either a British imperial pint of 20 imperial Ooh, fluid ounces we learn things or an American pint of 16 U.S. fluid ounces. What is wrong with Brits? It's 20 They're like ounces? bigger pints. Crazy. Yeah. Okay, so we have a pint glass. The answer in both cases, though, is one pint. Okay, so we're going to put the entire 14 ounces of Soylent. Yes. And then... In a pint glass. And then uh, half an ounce of Everclear, possibly more to taste. Would you just do an ounce? Want to do an ounce? I really want to do an ounce. Okay, an I ounce. mean, you're putting a bunch of Soylent in there, which sure. has a ton of calories. Sure. It's a whole meal. Yeah. You, you've got to put at least an ounce of Everclear so in So why it. does this represent the episode? Let me see. It's because this episode is all about... How dangerous around the clock. is an ounce... Of Everclear. That's a good. That's a good. It's a good theme. chain of queries here. How big is a pint glass? How dangerous is an ounce of Everclear? Quora? One shot. Everclear clocks it at an uncomfortable 285 calories. Wow. What dosage of Everclear is usually fatal? Okay, let's do that and, 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 <laughs> let's, and let's do that and back and off dial it, a little dial bit. Dial it down a bit. Um. Uh. The lethal dose. Of, of ethanol is seven seven thousand sixty milligrams per kilogram. So not that much. Okay, well, they're doing a lot of math in this alcohol. It sounds three, like too much. Three math cups. Three cups. Sure. Uh, three cups of one hundred ninety proof Everclear. Okay, so let's let's do one. That's ounce. a lot. Yes, I also I don't want to die. Three cups is oh wait never mind oh wait no three cups is enough to kill half the population of one hundred eighty pound individuals. It's going to kill 150 million people? <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I read that as initially. Even less than three cups can kill and certainly cause severe alcohol poisoning. It's worse than a nuclear bomb. But three cups of Everclear, that's so much Everclear. Okay, we're putting an ounce we're, in. We're done. We're putting an ounce in. Yes, an ounce. Fine. An ounce. An ounce. We're done. Okay, we're done. one okay, ounce of Everclear. So why does this represent the episode? One, one serving because, Soylent. Does this really represent the episode? Yeah, it's their because breakfast. It goes, because it's about drinking around the clock. It's yes. also about serving food in the form of cookies and your neighborhood bar and suburban areas. Yes. I mean, and also about Soylent. It's about marketing. Yes. I think it really does capture the heart of this. Silicon Valley Dirty Lyle. Great. So, Soylent and an ounce of Everclear. This has been Drink of the Up. All right. They deliver. That was, that was Drink of the Up. Hey, here's you going to do. got to know how to read. They deliver. I count four giants helmets. Come on. We oh wow! There is a lot. Of, there's a giant. Is that giant? I mean, that's that's like a giant season calendar sure back there. Why I left Queens. Positive. Positive thinking. Ronnie Lamette. Okay. So, yeah. question for you is: earlier, you said, you said that um, ma, 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 that's not the right way to take pizza out of an oven. 
Sure. Also, if you're eating pizza for breakfast, you don't cook it. You don't cook breakfast pizza. You just eat it. Is it, is it kind of confirmation? Um, I mean, sometimes I eat it cold. Sometimes I cook it. What, what's what's the peanut gallery's thought? Are we talking about reheated pizza, or are we talking well, about? Well, that's, that's the question. The oh, you, next day, do you do you reheat that pizza, or do you? I like. I mean, by my, definition, yeah. you, you always reheat your reheated pizza. That is true. Reheated pizza point. would normally yeah. be reheated. Uh, Non-reheated pizza. Or, well, no, let's pizza, pizza next pizza, day. You have pizza in the fridge. Uh-huh. What's what's your what's your jam? My, yeah, yeah. Re- what, what are you doing? And re- you're you're eating breakfast. Okay. You have pizza in the fridge. Do you reheat it or do you just eat it cold? I absolutely reheat it. Hmm. That is for absolutely wow. the next move. Well, so I like the toaster oven reheat because then it gets nice and crispy. That's the best way to reheat. Oh yeah. It. That's a full reheat. Yeah. Or the pan reheat is that's, nice too. That's the other good way to reheat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so very good. So very good. Uh, so okay, but you you did not you did not compliment his style, Brian Flanagan. We take the pizza out. He actually pulled up the pizza. I did. I he, said. I said. He, he, he took it out with his hand. Flanagan bouncing pizza on his hand is very funny. What would you have done? Taking a pizza out of a hot oven? Yes. Well, you could use oven mitts. He doesn't have that. Okay, you could use a spatula. He doesn't have it. Obviously. Okay. Well, you could at least just pick up the crust. And slide it directly onto the plate. But then you have a lot of pressure from on the, the oven. Well, but you just quickly, you just scoot it to the plate, and then you're done. Rather than taking the whole slice out and then bouncing it in the air a bunch. Well, it's weird the plate is over on the counter. How does he get it onto his hand. hand in the first place? He pulls it out and puts it on his hand. Why? Put it on the plate instead. He, sh- he should have had the plate in it. Maybe he should have had the plate I ready. I think he was surprised how hot it was. He thought he was going to eat this. It's like He thought he was going to have lukewarm hot. leftover pizza? That sounds disgusting. He thought it was the perfect amount. Like, you go to a pizzeria. It says, give oh, me a slice. You're like, I'm ready. This is ready to go. Yeah. Mm. And then it was go. hotter than expected. Exactly. It, he needed to bounce it around a bit. And he cooled it off because it goes through the air. Mm, that's a good way to cool pizza off. Just juggle way. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Tom Cruise, juggle. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we have only two things left in the app. One what? is contact information. Contact information at the end, which is, do I have to pull that from somewhere? You have to pull from the from our drive oh, folder. No. Oh, no. Well, I, I did warn you before this started that you had to do that. Look, there's wow. warnings and then there's warnings, okay? Yes. You can make all <laughs> yes. kinds of moves if he's smart. There are investors um, out there. Okay, and then... Um, let's, how's this episode been going? There are rich good. women with nothing. Well, been fine. well I, I say well. Good, yeah. You say good, I say well. <laughs> Uh, there's Stand been some excellent economic talk. Thank you, thank yeah. you. I was, I was, uh, I think, uh, I, oh, I've no. been, I've been thinking about transitioning the show to mostly being an economics show. Oh wow, that's a be a bold change. Yeah. Um. Okay, and and we got to do um, flare in the air. Yeah, but this is last. Okay. Do you have any additional notes before we get to all that? No, not really. Okay. Uh, no, I think I got everything. Okay. Contact for F five. I'm gonna guess that's it. Good. We got that prep. Okay, um, let's do flare in the air. <laughs> Knocked out of the park again. Also, this is not that long, right? This is 30 minutes. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, we've got 30 minutes of sound effects. This has been playing for a while. That's why it looks this weird. Is, this is flare in the air. This is flare in the air. We take a flare's eye view of these five minutes. We are going to rate these five minutes. Wow, that is annoying water sounds. That ASMR going. Um, we are going to do. We are going to rate these five minutes. Yeah. We're going to rate the movie as a whole up until this point, and we're going to rate the movie as a whole as a whole. Yeah. We're going to do them in the reverse order of that then, right? Sure. Or is that the yeah? We'll do um, and so movie as a whole as a whole, up until these five minutes, and then these five minutes. Um, mean, me, and the mode are all two point five. No half stars. Um, no zero stars. No take backs. It's that easy. It's that easy. Okay. 
first. So and and Trevor, you're gonna be on this too. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm, so I'm w- one to five stars. No half stars. No zero stars. No take backs. No take backs. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're gonna start with. Ooh. <laughs> oh, lovely. I fall asleep to this every night. <laughs> Just slurping. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not sure what the opposite of ASMR is, but I think we found it. <laughs> I'm going to read the description for this video real quick. From rocks into water to spraying dishes, there are plenty of water sound effects for your projects. Please add a link to this video if you use any of these sounds. Thank you. There's an exclamation point after that. To download any of these sounds individually, please open your YouTube Creator Studio, then scroll down and click on Create. From there, you will see sound effects. Open that. Click on Genre to find the title of this video. Water. <laughs> Good. Um, okay, so um, <laughs> what is happening now? <laughs> Wonderful. It's a drain. Oh, good drain. Um, okay, so movie as a whole, as a whole. Yes. Ready? Three, two, one, three two and a half stars. I, I was going to say three. I thought there were no half stars. Yeah, there's no half stars. No half stars. Yeah, no, no half yeah. stars. Okay, three. Yeah, okay, three. Okay, we three. got three, we got two. Two, and I got three and a half. Good, okay, good. good. All right, movie as a whole up until this point. Sure. Three, two, one, four stars. Three, based on only clip that I have. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. You know, it's all the information I have right here. Okay. okay. These five minutes. Okay. Huh? Oh, get me up. Three, two, one, two five. and a half stars. Five. Nice. Five stars. Five. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Well. Okay. Yeah. So that has been uh, that has been flare in the air. <laughs> dramatic fade, <laughs> dramatic fade out of the sound. Dramatic effect. swell and fade out. <laughs> boring drunk. Uh, so yeah, we, we will now, uh, as we always do, uh, wrap up with any final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, let's go around the horn. Uh, final thoughts for me um, is I say um, this. A um, lot of content here. Yeah, I mean I, I just. I mean, I I have to go law of rent. It's I think it's an excellent ex- uh, uh, explanation. Okay. And Trevor, final thoughts? Uh, it was an excellent hook to make me want to watch the rest of Cocktail. That's what nice. they always wow, say about the fifth five minutes of Cocktail. The fifth five minutes of Cocktail the is the one fi- to start with. It's yeah. the best it's five minutes to show somebody to get someone to watch the rest of the movie. The, a, a, a Cocktail five minutes for fans and first timers. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, with that, um, if you want to we contact will us, sign off. We, do we sign off before the co- before no? The we contact? play this first, then we go back. Okay. All right. Co- contact <laughs> info. Easy. If you want to contact us, here's some info. You've been listening to an episode of an earful of cocktail. You can contact us. The email address: staff, staff is earful of cocktail. Staff. Staff. Earful of cocktail. Earful of cocktail.com. Also, staff at earfulconvoy.com. Earful of cocktail.com. You're full of. You're full of. It's Twitter. It's Twitter. You're full of. 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 It's new. It's just you're full of. It's new. You're full of. You're full of. Convoy. 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 Good. Good. That was our. That's our contact info. Stand in this bar and you can be. And um. What was our catchphrase? We changed. I, the last I know time. it. I forgot what the change was. Three, yeah. two, one. one. I'll stick with the brew. <laughs> and a pretty face and a ponytail, just a hanging down, a wiggle and a walk and a giggle and a talk, makes the world go round. Ain't nothing in the world like a big-eyed girl to make me. Laugh.
so funny, make me spend my money, make me feel good. Goose, like a real goose. Oh, baby, that's what I like.